Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 27. Today we review A Feast for Odin, and we go over our top 10 new to me games from 2019. We are your hosts. Michael. This is Ryan. And this is Tim. I'm feeling a little older. You're feeling older? I feel older. Why would you say something like that? Well, it feels like we've been doing this a little while. How long have we been doing this now, Ryan? This is now starting year two. Season two, year two, whatever you want to call yep, it. You guys didn't think we could do it. Nope. <laughs> but it's pretty I easy. sure didn't. <laughs> yep. So January 4th, 2019 okay. was episode one. So this episode will be releasing January 3rd, I believe. I didn't think we'd make it a year. You didn't? So really haven't. With you? One day more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose we could stumble right at the finish line. <laughs> yep, yep. But... Wouldn't put it past us. We did right. pay for another year of Podbean, though. So that's true. I, yeah, <laughs> we are financially <laughs> committed. <laughs> so uh, basically, I think Tim, you put together a little uh, outtake. So the last few minutes of the episode, if you want to cut out, you can. But the last few minutes are basically just a little outtake of the last year. Yep, a little uh, celebration look back at all of the stuff that I had to cut out. Now, obviously, there was a ton of stuff I cut out. Over the last year, a lot of a lot of bad content. This was just the the highlights of the lows or the low lights, however you want to put yeah. that. Yeah. So now that we're past that, do you guys have any new plays? Um, I guess my only new play would be Village with the Inn expansion. So it was the first time I'd played with the inn expansion. Um, I'd played Village a couple times. Now what the inn added was basically you could get some whiskey or barrels, beer, whiskey, whatever it is. The other thing you could do was go to this other action spot where you can basically get cards, which some of them are one-time abilities, some are use when you want to type of thing. end game scoring. Yep. Um, Those are enjoyable. I like those. It just added a nice... Another thing that you could do mm-hmm. out on the board there. So, yeah, and I think you said you had the port expansion, and that one is supposed to make traveling more viable. The three times I've played, the person who went with traveling has won, but we basically only had one guy travel those three games. So if you probably contest and block each other a little off more in there, it's yeah, you know, just letting some guy just go wild in one area of the game. Yeah, so I, because I, this is my first play and I did the traveling. Well, well technically, it's your second play because you did watch some videos. Yeah. Yeah, that said. counts as a play. <laughs> you thought you played it. You watched I, so many videos. I still do thought. think I've played it, but, but it's been a while no matter what. And uh, I went with the traveling and no one else ever traveled a single time. So that made it a lot easier to travel for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Thanks, I everybody. I didn't travel that game because the first two times I had played is basically I traveled and then did a few other things. I was like, well, I don't want to do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. I want to mix it up a little. Yeah, but definitely if I could see if there were two people doing it, you couldn't just travel and probably win. But I don't know. I've I've never lost. So jeez. Oh, I was really surprised, Michael, that you didn't go a lot harder for the making the whiskey barrels and then sitting your people in the inn. I thought that'd be too obvious for my first play. So, (laughs) Yeah, I do like that. And then, because like you said, Ryan, it does add a little extra to it. 
uh, whether it be just one-time actions or final scoring. So when your token travels around your player board, you're using time. So every time your time marker goes over the bridge, your youngest villager has to die. Now, if one of your villagers, if your youngest villager's in the inn, they just go to the unmarked grave because, you know, they've been drinking their entire life or they're just sitting there meeting new people. It's not like they were becoming a great farmer or a great traveler or something, however you want to go about it thematically. But it just kind of, uh, it adds a little more to it where you got to kind of time it out where your people are, when you're going to kill them mm-hmm. off. and Yeah, it's one of my kind of favorite things with that game is just because your family members will die, it's, you know, matter like picking, you know, which one, you know, when you put ones where and which, you know, what, you know, your second age ones or whatever you call them, the twos or yeah. the threes, where you put those and kind of how you'd have to time everything out is, you know, just a pretty unique, um, you know, way to do that, I guess, as far as with additional workers and, yeah. and things. So, And that also triggers the end game because once the town chronicle or the unmarked graves filled, basically everyone gets one more action and then that's it. So someone could just be going hog wild for spending time and killing their people off. So you got to kind of keep an eye on that too when that end game is going to trigger. Yeah, because when I was doing the the traveling, I wanted to get all the spots you know, for the extra points. I was like, well, all right, you know, I'm, I knew what I need to have. I you know got the cubes for it, and it's like, all right, do I need to do it this turn? Like, kind of looking to see, well, can you know, how many spots are open in those graves, and you know, is anybody close? Just making sure I didn't end up, you know, move short or something. Mm-hmm. So, but just yeah, it's it was a fun game. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I did have a new play. I don't think we're going to get into it too much, but that is Mary Kaibo. Did I even say that right? Yeah, Mary Kaibo, Mary Kaibo. Okay. Something like that. Whichever. Who knows? No one knows, really. Yeah. Fields uh, of Arl. Arla. Yeah, Arl. It Arla. is Arl. I agree with you, Ryan. Okay. It's Arla. Yeah. I agree with Uwe. <clears throat> so I have now played this game twice. And I gotta say, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I know we talked about reviewing it probably in our next episode. Is kind of what we're looking at. Yep, we're locked in on that. We're 100 percent locked in. Yep, 100 percent. All right. So well, yeah. we gotta decide probably by the won't. end of the episode here what we're reviewing. Yeah, so. that's true. Oh boy, I do. That's pressure. I will need to play it a few more times. So I'm, I'm actually in. excited about that. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> you don't have to twist my leg on that. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of see kind of some of the other strategies because my first play I went all of the exploring and then the next time I went with a lot of combat and just spreading England's influence around the map mm-hmm. so yeah yeah both times I mean the both times we had played three player at least were all basically within 10-15 points of each other both games mm-hmm. and we tried different stuff I'm not going to talk too much about it right now because they may be talking about it a little later in the episode. So, oh, spoil oh, that! Wow, yeah. Well, I was gonna, yeah. Hmm. Well, one thing that is new for me—it's not a new play, but a different result. Um, played the grizzled <laughs> and um, got absolutely demolished in the first game. It's a you know cooperative game. Mm-hmm. Getting demolished is not necessarily new. 
but these <laughs> we played a second game because we felt so bad about how we did and actually won. Yeah, we did. This is the first time I personally have won that game. How many plays have you had of that now? I think it's like maybe six. Okay. Something like that. And uh, I don't remember even being too close to winning before. And I thought we won kind of comfortably. Yeah, a lot of times I'm starting to notice more and more I play, it seems like either I get crushed or we win and it's like a landslide. Yeah. There's very few games where it like gets right down to the wire where it's like one way or another, you know? Because if it starts going bad, it just... It seems to snowball really bad. Yeah. And a lot of it's just luck of the draw and right. when cards come out and things like that. Yeah. Luck of the making stupid plays or not. Yeah. Is that luck? That, <laughs> it really, though, that can be part of it. I mean, yes, it is kind of luck if you're kind of trying to decide what uh, speech you're going to give or what... Uh, cards you happen to draw. Well, not that. That's I was going to say the uh, your lucky charm. So when you actually get rid of a card in No Man's Land. So a ton of luck to it, but yeah, there are some things that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a fun one, though. It is. Yeah. And it's very difficult, so. Right. Which yeah. a good cooperative game should be. I had one that was my second play of Azul's um, Stained Glass of Sintra, and I don't need to go into the, the game of that, but just was curious which... That or regular Azul, which do you guys prefer? Initially, when we played Azul and then Azul Stained Glass, the biggest thing I liked on Stained Glass was being able to kind of manipulate if you're going to get screwed at the end because you can move your mm-hmm. worker back. Uh, and realistically, that's the the biggest difference of it. Otherwise, you're just kind of drafting colors, tiles from the table and putting them on your board. So now the more I've played of Stained Glass, it's probably slipped closer to Azul as far as I think they're okay. I'm just not a big fan of either of them really at this point. Okay. Yeah, for me, they're both decent games. I probably like regular Azul a little bit better. feel half the game is jockeying to try to not get too many of the uh, tiles in Azul to lose points. We're in Stained Glass... You hardly lose anything. You can keep because you break glass. You only ever lose one notch going down on that track. Whereas yeah. Azul, you take a bunch of tiles. It's more, more punishing. Yeah, it's more punishing. Yeah, yeah because um, it's only one spot versus in regular Azul, it can be a bunch yeah. of negatives. And I like I setting up in Azul the scoring where like you have three things on one row and four of another that then you put the next one down and all those are touching and then you score a bunch of points all at once, but. It is what it is. They're both pretty close to me. Yeah, and like for like you mentioned, Tim, the one thing I like about Stained Glass more than regular Azul is that you can kind of manipulate by you know moving your work, you know whatever the worker, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know back. You can kind of you know jockey your position there, so you don't get some of those. So I like that, but again, yeah, it's not the end of the world if you have to take extra tiles, anyways. So um, overall, I like probably like Azul a little bit more, um, but. I was just kind of curious what you guys thought. How highly do you rate Azul and Azul Stained Glass, though? I I'd like them. I you know they're not games I love, but you know when someone brings it out, it's not like I feel like oh I got to play this now. So yeah, as far as for for abstract games like that, I'd, on the upper end of of those abstracts, I'd say. So he's starting to become like our abstract guy here, isn't he? 
Well, when you hate him and I don't really care for him, <laughs> I guess he is. <laughs> You're kind of okay with him, Mr. Abstract Guy. <laughs> I did have a second play of Russian Railroads just the other night. And I would probably say I enjoyed it better just because the first time I played, it's just kind of... What do I do? Yeah, I'm just kind of falling into <laughs> Here's stuff. the thing. Uh, but I, I do like it quite a bit. I felt, though, that because I know you guys play it a lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was way handicapped as you far actually, as... You did better than I thought, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought I lost by like 100 points. In that game, I mean, that's like losing 175. But still. So it's not... No, I, I get this. so but high score. You weren't that far behind me. Were you like 10 points or something behind me, yeah. maybe? Uh, yeah, F- maybe. 10, 15, maybe that something was, like that. Yeah. But so, I, I felt like I was doing pretty well because yeah. I, I focused more on the top, on the top track, Siberian one, I think. Yep, and then the bottom track. Industry. I did, a, I did a few of those early on, just so I can generate points each yeah. round, and then I was going hard to get my black rails all the way to the end of that uh, top track. Well, yeah. you even mentioned right at the end of the game, you're like, I should have not really done that other stuff early on and just focus on the top track which you're right that's what yeah yeah now playing it you realize that's what you need to do is Mm -hmm. when you focus on something in that game you kind of go nuts for that strategy you can't really split it too much i yeah i see that now yeah more but i think just in general i struggle with that kind of stuff anyways Mm mm-hmm because I see shiny points. It's like, I, ooh, I want to do that. Ooh, I want to do that. Ooh, I want to. Right. Yeah, you yeah. see getting five points right away as opposed to like 30 points in two turns or right. something like that. And I'm always just going for the shiny stuff, just points. And then it doesn't help. So kind of like um, Through the Ages. I was actually just thinking that I was going to mention it. <laughs> you out, always go for the... So uh, good and you fall apart. I always... Like, get, ooh, these are points now, but like... In the long run, yeah. don't help you as much, but you you get a big you know or get a lead and yeah. you know get Not those much points earlier than I. Uh... If we <laughs> long term <laughs> planning, if we play only like three ages or two, if we play like half the game, I would do extremely well. You're but always it's... ahead after like when we start the third age, yeah, and then I just falter <laughs> and just slip back. Yep. So really, it's just just kind of it's my own issue i gotta work on that's a you problem (laughs) but yeah russian railroads i i like it quite a bit i'd like to play it more often now Mm -hmm. so that's on you ryan yeah and then uh, i still haven't played a four player and i've been dying to it's supposed to be best at four yeah I i thought um this week we almost had it but um you know so aaron was around was gonna play again and i was like you have time for that and he's like kind of on the border because he had to leave he's like that's eh, probably a little bit too long so yeah. you know if he could have stayed another probably 20 minutes he probably would have played which unfor- unfortunately is the right move on his part yeah you gotta go you gotta go but right yeah but so close to being able to play that four players I was so excited and then I was still excited because I got to play because I yeah. like that game yeah. so yeah I'd like to see it hit the table more and also getting into some of the expansions as well. German would be the easiest to get into because it stays really the same. You just customize the end of your track a little bit. Oh, it's okay. really the same yeah. game, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited because I've played... What have we played? German Railroads, Ryan, Two twice. Two three times. And then American, American once. once. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, all of them are good. I want to play those other ones a f- little bit more to see how exactly all of them compare, but... 
Yep. None of them are bad. So in the last episode, I talked about a solo game that I played. So I was finally able to convince my wife into playing Cthulhu Death May Die with me. And after we got done, we got destroyed pretty bad. All right. And after we got done, her comment was she was concerned at first because there's a lot of components in the game that I was digging out and I'm setting up this whole map and all this jazz. Mm -hmm. But she said she really liked it. Okay. Yeah. She, it's fairly simple to get in. You know, you have a few actions to do in your turn and then you're kind of, you know, working with your madness and your different stats and all that stuff. So, okay. uh, yeah. I still enjoy the game quite a bit. Obviously, it was only my second play, so that's... You know. Still, after that many plays, you right. still like it? That's... Wow. <laughs> thought you would have been played out by now. <laughs> yeah, so after two plays, it has not Hasn't fallen old. off, okay. Right. That'd be a sign of a bad game if it fell off after two <laughs> yeah. plays. So yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys think of it once we finally... Uh, get it played? Get it get it played you are group. picking next, so... I play am. your cards right, you could pick it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you could play it. Well, I would suggest that you get ready to play it then. Cause All right. It's coming, whether you want it or not. Oh, boy. So I know we're celebrating our one-year anniversary today. So oh, we're you... celebrating? Yeah. So, oh, okay. So All what right. do you guys say we have a little feast? Yeah, I I could go for some some food. You know, as long as the same type of food isn't sitting next to the same type of food, I'm willing to have some food. Well, food of the same color. Yeah, I don't want two same that. color foods to be next to each other. Yeah. So let's jump That's into gross. a feast for Odin. A feast for Odin was designed by Uwe Rosenberg and published by Z-Man Games in 2016. It plays one to four players in 30 to 120 minutes. A Feast for Odin is a competitive worker placement game played over seven rounds, and the player with the most points at the end of the game is a winner. In the game, players will be placing one to four workers on an action space and immediately carrying out the corresponding action, and play will continue clockwise with each player claiming one space until everyone is out of workers. At the end of the round, players will do some upkeep, which includes getting silver income, feeding your workers, and getting bonus tiles. Players have a huge selection of around 60 actions to pick from. Some of the things you might do during the game include building ships, whaling, hunting, pillaging, raiding, crafting items, breeding animals, exploring new islands, getting buildings, collecting resources, emigrating, and upgrading tiles. You will be placing tiles on your home boards and explored islands to get your silver income and bonus tiles to build up your engine. You will also need to save some tiles to feed your vikings during the feast at the end of each round. This is the basics of how to play a feast for Odin. There's a lot to explore and the viking who ends up with the most points is a viking whose possessions hold the greatest value. And what is more important than that to a viking? I would assume <laughs> <laughs> nothing, maybe a feast of being more important. So. A nice little ending there. <laughs> Threw you guys off. Yeah, it, it did. I didn't know how to react. <laughs> so, I thought our segue was pretty good too. Like that, huh? <laughs> so, feast for Odin. We're seasoned now. Uh, you're in. Yeah, all this experience. <laughs> yep. So, feast for Odin. Michael, Tim, how are you guys feeling about the component quality in this puppy? Well, there's a lot of components. Yep. And it's like a lot of his big box games. It's yeah. a big box. That, that's a. That's a real fat box. It's huge. It's a hefty box. But 
even with it being such a massive box, it is filled right to the top. I mean, it's not like one of those where you open it up and there's like just like a bag of chips with three quarters air in it. Right. It's not. It's not that. Yeah. It's it's getting stuffy in that box for those components. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) What? I found that funnier than it really should have been. (laughs) You did. I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) Maybe not that good. So the uh, there's a bunch of boards in there. You're personal board the action board you know there's other islands you can get around boards like all those boards are super thick all the the pieces like the stone and the wood and that is all chunky like real high quality components i'd say yeah yep the couple things i do wish i agree all the tiles and stuff those are all nice player boards everything cards the either the home boards your player boards had like a reminder of like when you upgrade tiles which order they go in i usually oh, remember like the but orange, it's always red, like green, blue. yeah the order that they upgrade to yeah because you're supposed to be able to look at the the little tray that all the components are in but because they're, we just throw them in there well, some they're of all them double-sided are, right yeah, I know. yeah. so so it it's really tough yeah. to. The they, first game I was playing, I was kind of trying to flip them over while you know other people were going and stuff, and I got real sick of yeah. that pretty quickly. Yeah, there's no way that's. <laughs> and that is a good point because even I'm. Oh, I don't know, I'm not even sure how many. I've got quite a few plays of this game, and I still have to remind myself. Okay, yeah. it goes orange, red, green, blue. Every this, besides the last game, I think I had the whole time. Besides that, like, there's always a point in the game. I was like, wait. What order is it going again? Yeah. And, and they have a reminder for how you lay your tiles out on the board and how you do the feast thing, so that's nice. I just yeah. wish they had, like, in the top corner, just a little, those four colors in ascending order type of thing, you know? Yeah. But and that's just a nitpick. Yeah, real, a small thing. Another, you know, fairly small thing is the ships telling the difference between the red and the blue ones from, like, across the table. Because, like, you, you got talking, a lot of... Are you talking, like, the long ship and the... The two that are the same size, the bigger ones, ones the bigger ones, like if you're sitting, because it's you know kind of a table hall thing where there's you know, a lot I think of space. It's a so like, nar and a long ship. Okay, yeah, I believe. whichever they're called. <laughs> the difference between <laughs> the right. nar and the long ship, like the only difference is like one's got blue and white striped, one's red and white, and it's it's kind of small. It's a little tough to see, especially if you're sitting across the table. Yeah, because it's a big, takes up a lot of table space, so you're kind of spread out with all the stuff in the middle, so it's hard to see. Sometimes see the action spots because there's so many of them. It's hard to see exactly the icons on there. Yeah, yeah it's like, not, all right, which but... ship do I need for this? And you got to look like right at it. So like, all right, I think he's going for that <laughs> kind of thing. But like again, that's you know kind of nitpicky. One thing I like quite a bit was the that round um, round order board because there's like what 12, 14 different oh, actions. Yeah, up, yep, and there's actually a little like cube i think that yep. goes on it so you can keep track of where you're at for it instead of you know just being in the rule book because there are so many different steps to it i think that's a real good idea a nice little touch yeah and i agree because a lot of times you'll see that on the back of the rule books it'll mm-hmm. show the steps but this actually has this little board like you said it's got the little cube so you can basically just keep track of what phase of the game you're in each round so yeah and because there are so many of them it's more necessary in this game than some others and it yeah it's it's a nice definitely nice to have otherwise you'd be like forgetting stuff or doing stuff in the wrong order which yeah 
that's really all I got. You know, solid, yeah. good components. Mm-hmm. You know, just minor little nitpicks. There's that one little misprint on the board, but you know, it's nothing, nothing that really affects you. Oh, right. So, how do you guys feel about the theme? How do you feel about that thing? The thing? Yeah. As in, like the thing board? Yeah. <laughs> I know it? they have a historical background for it in the rule book. Yeah. But well, I didn't read that, but. <clears throat> It's not just in the rule book. It's its own like book. So there's three rule books okay. in the game. One of them is for the rules. One's for all of the cards in the game. And then the third one is just what everything in the game has to do historically with Vikings. Right. Okay. So, so they really tried to put this theme on. They tried to make you feel it. Right. What I want to know then, what does the book say on... You're getting all this stuff, and you're throwing it on your home board. The tetris aspect yeah, of the Yeah, when you're laying the tiles on your boards, what is the theme in that? Uh, well, historically, Vikings, uh, instead of putting them in huts, they would lay all of their um, goods, you know, pillaged they... goods and items just kind of out and about. That's why they, don't, they can't put food in that board, because animals would come in and... Because it's outside. Right, yeah. yeah. So... Okay. Yeah, okay, that's a better explanation me, than I thought. It doesn't feel very thematic playing it like that part of it. I completely made that up. Yeah, that was. Oh. That I was. Thought, I thought it was real. Didn't oh my god! Set that stuff out. You didn't believe that, that, did you? Did you? Well, you know, come back and like, kind of like displaying it. Oh god! <laughs> it's gonna be a long year. <laughs> year you... two is off to a real bad start. <laughs> I don't really feel the theme at all. I know his games, his other ones are kind of pretty thematic Euros and stuff for how heavy they are and whatnot. I mean, besides that, I guess it's relatively thematic-ish, but that just totally throws me completely off the thematic scale there. Because that is the main point of the game is the Tetris. Yeah, exactly. And piecing everything together and... You can't really put a theme on that. No, they're just dumping all their stuff on the ground. And... Well, not only that, but you can take over islands, and then you can dump all your goods on the islands as well. I mean... Yeah. You know, other than that, like, there's some <laughs> Unless they're to like most things, but... Uh, Scrooge McDuck, and they're just swimming in all their stuff on, like, <laughs> on the ground and stuff. I, I don't know. Just swimming in their gold? Yeah, I... So yeah. Does it actually in that book like try to explain what Okay, Michael. Just for you. Alright, thank you. Or anybody listening that's curious. <laughs> in the almanac of the game, the home board, it's an abstracted depiction of a settlement area of a clan or tribe in the Norwegian homeland. On it, you symbolically pl- place your possessions, which reflects the prestige of your clan in the game. So exactly what you said? <laughs> so you were right. <laughs> So, in, it's an abstract game with that little mini game thing there or whatever. They're basically saying yeah, that part right. of the game, yeah. Yeah. The main part of the game is completely abstract, Yeah, like you said. Right. Which, well, yeah, you know, no, it, I'm it's, just... Yeah, it's it's not very thematic, that part of it at least. You know, some other things that feel kind of thematic, not like super thematic though, so like it doesn't... Like, yeah, well, really that's what completely throws me 100% off any theme whatsoever is because of that... I don't right. feel any yeah. any theme, right? Yeah, especially because it's the main main part of the game. Yeah. You know, then they go into talking about the different uh, the island boards, 
that you can take. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that is abstracted as well, but the names on the board, like, you know, Newfoundland and Those are real Bear things. Island, yeah. there's a real things yeah. that were settled, you know, well, yeah. so... Yeah, and the, with the was it the emigration when you're you're putting the boats, you flip the boats, and then like you don't have to feed as many people because some people left. Basically, is what that's saying. You don't have to feed as many, so like that stuff makes thematic sense and right. things like that. But yep. So let's get on to the gameplay here. Kind of well, in the theme on this one. Yeah. So the it's definitely really overwhelming when you start. Yes. Extremely. Because there's what the sixty or however many action spots, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm never gonna figure this out." <laughs> well, not only those sixty action spots, but just the table presence of this game, because there's so much stuff. You got trays of stuff. You've got piles of wood and yep. stone, and you've got all these mountain boards. You've got this big oval board that has different items you can craft and take. Mm-hmm. when I first got this game, it took me a while to finally get into it because I was just overwhelmed by the size of the game and just the stuff. Yeah. And in my head, I kept thinking, okay, this is going to be a lot harder to get into than it really is. I know the feeling. Yeah. It took me three years to learn Caverna. <laughs> All his games of that weight have that same thing. Like the Caverna and Feast Road yeah. and Fields of Arl takes up the entire table with two players there's just tons of stuff flying around and yeah. stuff like that it takes a while for your you know just to wrap your head around everything that's going on i mean like you said with the the trays there's you know 10 different size tokens basically that can be you know basically upgrade three different times they're all sitting out there they all look different and like oh man right so i think once you actually start playing those games they're actually really medium weight games but they feel heavier because of the amount of options you have and the amount of stuff on the table right. and the initial learning curve, basically. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and this one, part of it is, you know, with those 60 actions, because a lot of them are like, once you figure out kind of the icons and figure out a few of the spaces, a lot of them are pretty similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that does that, and these other ones do basically the same thing. Yeah, this so one like, upgrades two, this one upgrades one twice, and you get a resource, or just things like that. Yeah, yeah. and I really like that how, you know, the first column, it's you place one worker and you take a simple action. The second one, you place two, you get a simple action, and then, you know, three, you can draw a card, and the actions get better and better. And then at the end, you can play four workers you get to play one of your cards but then the action you do is so much better than like the first action you take yep i really like how they did that in this game like you're basically your workers are kind of a resource that like well do i want to do a bunch of different things like little things or do i want to do a you know big old thing like i yeah i do really like that kind of that choice that you have yeah you know, throughout the round. Yeah, those are kind of a, a pro and a con for me. I like that there's a lot of similar actions, so you're never really blocked out of something you want to do. But then when you play, is it just with four they have the imitation spaces? Yeah, there's... I don't didn't really like those, because there's so much out there, and you're never really blocked out anyways, and then they throw in the imitation spaces, and it's like, well, is that really needed? Because you can really do what you want anyways. The time we played with it, I just didn't care for the. Yeah, it didn't spaces. bother me. Because, but you know, you're one that likes the 
blocking interaction more than I do, so maybe it didn't bother me. Well, even in or the it. well, I just didn't think it was necessary because playing the regular game without the imitation spaces, I was never like. Like, maybe I wanted that specific spot, but I was like, oh, I can do almost the same thing. By just, spending just one more work. Yeah, or so, yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's usually at least another spot, but if you want to do like, oh, I want to do this thing twice, and then there's only two spots for it, like, I'm okay with it. It didn't bother me, but it would have been fine if it wasn't there, too. Yeah. So, How do you guys feel about the Tetris part of it? So now, Ryan, I know when you first played... You did not like it really at all. So have you grown to like that a little more, or are you well, still kind of? It's like a give and a take because the part I like about it is that's the engine building aspect of the game. That gets you your income, and it gets you those bonus tiles, which is building your engine. I just don't like puzzling it out in my head. Okay. I'm not. I guess I'm just not good at it, and I'm not like... It just frustrates me, kind of, like, figuring out, okay, if I get this one, because there's so weird-shaped stuff, and then there's stuff on your board that you got to, like, nooks and crannies you got to go around, you know, and then mm. certain colors can't touch, you know, blue and green, or green and green can't touch. I think it's green and green, is it? Green and green can't touch. Yeah, yeah, the yeah so the you got those restrictions and whatnot, and you got these weird shapes and these weird things on the boards, so that... It's not like I hate it, but it just it's my least favorite part of the game, but then my favorite part of the game is doing that so I can get the income of silver. I mean, that's how you're going to win the game is building up your engine. Yeah. And this, so you so you said it frustrates you, but is it one of those things where like it's frustrating so you want to play it more to try to like get better at it or is it just kind of like I wish it wasn't in there? It's frustrating where it's not frustrating in a good way. Okay. It's not like, like I said, it's not like I hate it, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I'm already thinking about all these actions I want to take and stuff. I don't want to, I have this other game I'm playing about that. I just want to take the pieces and lay them all out and then like, oh, if I goof up, I, you know what I mean? Like, where it's, it says, yeah, it and... says you got to like keep them or something like that or yeah. how it works. Yeah. So it's just... I'm not good enough in my head of like a beautiful mind, you know, pu- like floating everything in a perfect place type of thing, you know. It's like a projector. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would probably, you know, dislike a little bit if if you didn't have at least be able to put the coins out there, the the single space ones, so that you're not like blocked out of stuff. Like, you don't want to use the yeah. coins because you want to use them for other things. I just feel like but... I'm wasting. Like, you got to use coins. And those um, ore, is it ore, the black yeah. pieces? Yep. Every once in a while, you know. But I feel like yeah. if I'm using so much of it, it's like, oh, I'm wasting so much. Yeah, you try not to. But like, if it didn't have those, like, you'd be Oh, that would be awful. Then. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> then, would, then I, I would like be, yeah. I would not like. like right. Yeah. That would be something but, I'd yeah, do. It at least gives you some way to kind of get around. Yeah. If you screwed something up earlier and then got a piece now, it's like, oh, it doesn't quite fit, but I could yeah. put the like, silver can, in here to kind of. Like, oh, I don't want to. You know, put this piece here. It'll get me an extra coin, but like, well, it might mess me up for later rounds and stuff, and I'll back myself in a corner. I can never get any more kind mm-hmm. of things. So, I, t- I typically don't. I kind of like the Tetrisy stuff in in games a lot. I mean, it's not. It certainly isn't my favorite part of this game, but it it doesn't doesn't really bother me too much. Besides the fact that it makes it not thematic. It seems like I <laughs> it seems like I always screw that kind of stuff up. Well, I didn't screw it up in this one, but. Uh... 
this what was that Baron we played Park. at Origins a couple of years ago? Oh, Park. Yeah. I was doing it where like each I don't remember because we played it so long ago, but I was doing it like where each piece had to touch each other or connect perfectly or something and like halfway through the game I look over I'm like well you guys aren't you're like yeah we don't have to do it that way I'm like well I just made it like 20 times harder yeah, you than notice, I like, to on the very last round yeah. too yeah. <laughs> but anyways getting into this one um my probably my biggest pro well I like I said I really like that income and bonus tiles for the engine building but the depth of the game the strategic variety there's so much you can explore in the game oh, it's yeah. so highly replayable each time you play, oh, yeah. you could do the same strategy strategy to try to get better. You have so many different strategies you can try out. There's so much in the game I haven't even explored yet. Yeah, because I've played it three, four, I think four times now, and I haven't even done you know gone you know exploring those islands and that yet. And yeah, and I've tried a different kind of strategy each time. So yeah, there's a you know so many different things that you can do, but. You also, it's one of those games where you can't try to do everything. If you do, you'll this is not going to work very well for you. Wow. If you try to try to do everything. He says that and he stares right at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, you got to look at. It's one of those. I mean, it's in a lot of games, but this one especially too is you can't. If people are fighting over the same thing, you got to go off and do something different yeah. where you're going to have a, more of a free path to get what you want. I mean. You could have a couple people fighting over something, but if you get more than that, then it's just everyone's ramming each other out. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes back into maybe why you didn't like those imitation imitation spaces because of that fact. Because there's so much you can explore in this game that if you have two people going after one, why is a third trying to force their way into it too? You can easily go into animal breeding or, you know... The hunting and whaling, whaling yeah. or you can pillaging, you can, raiding, crafting, all that. Right. All that I mean, stuff. there's so many things you can do. You know, like you guys said, there's just so much stuff here, so much replayability. I know they came out with an expansion, and I have not even looked into it because I don't know if I'd ever feel like this game was played out. Yeah, I could yeah. play five, six more games. There'll still be things I haven't probably haven't done yet. Right. So I do think the you have to get at least one island board generally to win. Um, I mean, if you're playing against average or bad people, you could win without it. But I think you do need at least one because it just helps so much with income with your engine that I think the expansion they said makes breeding a little bit better. I think it's, I think it adds more animals that you can breed. Okay, and then it, so that way it's not like a race for the island boards. And it did feel like with the because there's breeding in some of his other games like Caverna, Fields of Arla, like that. This one seems like that's not as good because I think it's because it's like they it only takes have so another long, one every other round. Like. Yeah, yeah, because every other round. But you can upgrade those. You know, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it, it they does are like help. when you upgrade the cows into like green. Green, green and then they're, they're really top. big tiles. So yep. They take up a lot, so that's a good part about it. I tried that, you know, a big part of one game and then a smaller part of another game. But like, like you said, Ryan, it feels like it takes too long to really get Pay that off. going. It, yeah, not enough payoff yeah. for how long it takes and how much resources you have to use. It can almost be something that you almost start on the side because it doesn't take any actions to breed them. As long as you have two, 
you can just kind of let them breathe. Do a little then, bit of it, but right. I don't think yeah, you not could do your that main. Like, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. At least in the base game, not your main strategy. Correct. And have that win. But I mean, there's there's so many different things you can try out, and a lot of it depends too the occupations that you start out getting. You yeah, know, that what, what, that boosts up what you're starting to do and things like that. Something that can be frustrating. It is mitigatable uh the dice rolls oh yeah. there's a lot you can you, you can that. spend cards and you can spend whether it be resources or whatever it is for and those you get three, three yeah you get three re-rolls time. but so there's a lot you can do to change the the outcome but it is really really frustrating when you do fail those which is rare because you really have to kind of take a chance but when you when you do it's, it's just crushing yeah it feels like i know yeah. when we played with aaron that time he was pretty upset about i think he failed a second one and it was real like there's only one number that would make him fail and he could not yeah one or two numbers and he couldn't get it even with the re-rolls and having resources to spend he just could not quite get there like twice yeah when he tried to go whaling the first time i think it was kind of a bigger risk but the second one he like there's no way he shouldn't have gotten right yeah, what is it, the the bigger dice, like the 12-sided dice? There was one time I was going for it, I was like, I had enough you know, spears or whatever it was to be able to do it unless I got a 1. I rolled the 3. I was like, well, I don't want to use like 4 yeah. of my spears. So I rolled again and got a 2. I was like, well, I'd rather not use all 5 of them. <laughs> rolled again and got a 1. So I couldn't <laughs> do it. Like, But, you know, the good thing, like you do get you know, like a worker back or something. Yeah. So it's not too bad. And, like, it, it just makes sense. Like, you're hunting and whaling. Like, yeah. it makes sense that, like, well, it might cost you extra so like there's mitigating things you get something back so it's in just this, weird in a euro game you don't typically see that yeah but i don't i don't actually mind it usually i don't like the the luck in it but with this one because if you're willing you're probably willing a bunch of times and there are things you can do to stop you know, to yeah. mitigate it so right. i agree there is so much you can do and it's very unlikely that you're going to go into it taking that big of a chance and fail it it's just the feeling so much in this game that you do feels so good, and then that is just feels so crushing. And it's like the one, yeah. you know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. just doesn't go with the feel of the game. I wish there was a way you could, like, not feed or like feed. I know, it just feels like you have to feed. Well, but, you have a feast. Well, I know, it's but a, the game. if you choose not to, it's like just so crushing. Yeah, I don't like it just because it's pretty e- compared well, it's to pretty easy, other yeah. games like it's just annoying. like caverna like <laughs> i think yeah but like you can you get some food at the start of like yeah you like harvest every other round kind yeah. of thing and it's not exactly that but yeah. like you get food enough that like you can kind of set stuff aside like all right like oh, i wish i could use this for this but i need to feed so you could i get why it's you know kind of a, a nagging yeah. little thing that you don't think you need to worry about but and the things I'm bringing up as my cons are minor. I mean, they might be bigger cons for other people, but for me, they're very minor. But it's just little things that. Mm-hmm. What? How do you guys like the, where you get the? Instead, of there's not a spot, an action spot to get additional workers. You just get an extra worker every round. How do you think that plays versus some other games? I think it plays fine in this one. Like yeah. some, it all really is the feel of the game. Most games do it fine. Like I like how they do it in Zulkin. You could win the game without getting any workers, but you know you can get more workers. My biggest complaint, like I've said before, in Viticulture is that first few rounds just feels so scripted. You have to get a worker. You have to get it like each of those rounds. Like you're not gonna win if you don't get all your workers. 
Yeah. I I like it. It just kind of slowly, you know, you don't have to worry about... ramps up. Yeah, you don't have to worry basically. about taking those actions, like you said, Ryan, and it just kind of... It's something that you're always going to get. So at the end of the game, you're going to have, obviously, a lot more actions than what you started with, so you could maybe take more risks taking those bigger actions or not even risk but you can you know take some of those, those yeah you know three and four viking spots and you know not have to worry about yeah it and it it does ramp up the game and because i know the first time i played it i was halfway through and johnny and i were looking at each other it was like we both have like 80 negative points on our board still <laughs> like i'll be lucky if i get to zero and i was like there's no way i'm gonna like cover all this stuff up and by the end like i actually covered all of it up and johnny almost covered all of his up for the negatives and like because it really does ramp up one you're kind of building your engine and you're getting that extra worker every turn too so yeah. that helps you build to do more so it does like you just you get like it's a tiny little part of your board covered and you're halfway through and then you end up like it really yeah really starting to cover a lot those later rounds so ryan you brought up the dice so I want to tell you that the dice in the game is actually thematic. Well, I never. Well, I'm just I'm just saying. So in the uh, in the little booklet here, it says that the Vikings greatly enjoyed board games and dice games. Their six sided dice were made of whalebone, antlers, bone, and horns, or even okay yeah. um, so so are these dice made of whale bones or i would assume antlers? that's the deluxe edition <laughs> okay <laughs> just to just to bring it full circle for you okay <laughs> one thing i like quite a bit with the game is the with the ships they can do a lot of different things like well with this ship you can go whaling or this one you can you know there's just the different things you can do with the three different types of ships and that you can was that, is it the emigration when you flip it? Yeah. That okay. So and I like that too, because um, it, it's you know that gets you an extra like twelve, thirteen points. So it's a big point thing. Oh yeah. And I just enjoy doing that. Yeah. Um, well, that's so, the ships play such a huge role in the game and so many action spots. That's why I think it was smart that he made it where you can get the ships as a free action by paying the silver. There's <laughs> also an action space you can take too to get them with the wood or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah, glad we played that right after the <laughs> the first play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couple plays. For I, me. D- I just had the one. Yeah, you only yeah. had the one. Well, whatever. <laughs> we played it right now. <laughs> one thing that's a a little bit of a negative for me is the the kind of the cards, the the randomness what you get like Oh yeah. Sometimes they'll be useful, sometimes they'll be based on what you're already doing. Yeah. And sometimes like there's no way I'm never going to yeah. use this to get another sheep kind of thing. And yeah, if you go there a bunch of times, it can you know, kind of even out. But I, I wish it would be like where you could maybe pick from like a row of four or something like that. Just where it's not just like total luck what you get with those. Yeah, um, I never really uh, pay any mind to the cards just because yeah. I'm like, well, it's just going to be luck what I get anyways. If I get something great, if uh-huh. I... You know, yeah. I never go to a spot because like, oh, I'll get a card. Like, I just I want to go to that spot and I happen to get a card. Yeah. And, oh, yep, not gonna use that. So I did read that the expansion helps that. So if okay. you if you go to a spot and you could play a card, if you don't want to use the card for its action or whatever, you could just get rid of it and then score victory points off it. Okay. So they have like victory point chips. So there's like I think it 
it starts at like four, three, two, and then one. So once the four pile runs out, you go to three. Okay. So the more cars that are discarded, the uh, less there. That's that's a good uh, good little thing. You should get the expansion yep. player. <laughs> get it just for that. <laughs> Make yes. breeding a little better or whatever else. I know. So you don't have to try to talk me into the expansion. It's, I'm pretty... Why won't you get it? So Tim. Yeah. This is your game. It is. Give us your final rating. Well, my final thoughts before my rating, I, like I said, I was very overwhelmed with just everything with it, and I was really happy once I punched through that and started playing it, and once we got the rules down right, it, uh... <laughs> we got the rules down right. <laughs> I had to download them online and read them. <laughs> We're a team here. Tim, let me take your rule book home with me. I, you, you don't have this right. So, but now, you know, after getting past that barrier, and yes, that is a negative that there's just so much overwhelming aspects to this game. But once you get through it, it for me, it's so rewarding the action spaces, I like all of that variety. I like the variety of the different strategies you can take in the game. The Tetrisy part, I'm not huge on. I don't love it, but I'm not really low on it either. I do kind of like trying to decide which pieces I'm going to get and piece them on there. I haven't done a ton of the island boards but again, that's just another strategy that I can go after and keep enjoying this game. Uh, so really, I give it a lot of high marks, and I'm going to put it right at about a 9 nice. as my final score <laughs> rating. So I think this is a game that if you're going to buy it and you're just going to play it very rarely, don't get this one. Well, first off, it's an expensive game. Mm -hmm. It's really going to pay off for you if you play this one quite often. Definitely. It's going to open up for you all the different strategies, the depth of the game, and all the options that you have to take advantage of. So I would give this an 8.5. All the you know the cons that I had for it were just smaller things that don't bother me too much. Um, there's a lot of pros to this game. And like I said, if I think it's good at all player counts. And if you're going to play this one quite often, this is definitely... If you have a group where you play the same games quite often, this is definitely one to pick up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I... Like like you had mentioned, like, there's so many... Uh, you know, all the different options that you can go with. And all of, like... I've kind of gone, like, a little bit of a different strategy every time. And every time it's like, well, I kind of want to do that same strategy again. But also I want to try this other thing. So, like, there's, there's tons of things I still haven't done yet after four plays. And... And I'm, it's not getting old at all. It's like not like I'm doing the same thing every time, and it's getting old. Like I think there's still a lot for me to explore in this game, you know, and keep playing it. And now that you mentioned the expansion, kind of fixes one of my few like t tiny little negatives with it too. Like that'll help, you know. So it might even raise my score when you play that. But like right now, it's a it's a solid eight point five. Well, if that puts an end to our review of Feast for Odin. Let's look back at our best new-to-me plays of 2019. So what that means is we're looking at all the games that we played in 2019 that were new to us. It could have been released in 2019, 2015, 2002, whatever it may be. Correct. 
so I guess I'll lead it out here. My number 10 is a game by a designer we just talked about, Uwe Rosenberg, and that is Fields of Arl. That is a two-player game, uh, plays three with the expansion, Michael. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that is an expansion you should get. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because um, it's, it's one that I haven't played yet. It seems like you guys, we get together, we play a game. I get ready to leave early, or, and you guys are getting it set up. up so. All right, so Fields of Arl is two-player game. It is a lot of it is the same with the setup. There is some different buildings, right? Yeah, out there. like some of them are the half same. Half the buildings are different, but other than that, it's basically the same setup. So it's about optimizing or planning out your whatever strategy you're going to do the best and your opponent may block you out of that so you kind of have to switch it up then but it's one i enjoy i played it just two or three times i really like it it's just it's different i don't know it's i like the action spots i like how you can go and take an action in another season but then that makes the other player the first player the next season yeah like like you, that part of one it. option one chance you know to to do that you can't keep doing it but I, I too like the because I like all each of the actions. Like there's so many, you know, we game where there's a lot of different actions to take, but you can also upgrade that action. So instead of getting three wood, I can get you can spend an action and upgrade. So each time you take wood, you maybe get four. You, and you don't necessarily have to do those things because it's using using some of those the few actions that you have to do that. But kind of switches up, you know, how you're gonna play. You know, yeah, there's a lot, of, lot of different strategies again for this game that you can go with, and, and there is feeding or whatever you want to call it at the end of each season. But this one is a lot easier, I felt too, than most of his other games. To feed, it's real simple too, because yeah. you can actually f- you can feed with something, and then if you don't have that, you can pay something else on yeah, top of you, it. You have food, you have you know all these different things that you have that you can use for it. So it's yeah, it's just a matter of like, well, I'm make sure I get enough food for this so I don't have to use grain kind of thing. Yeah. So it's one I've only played a couple times, but I look forward to more plays of it in 2020. My number 10, it is a game that I would say just bare mechanics of it. It's just okay at best, but it's a game that I've had some of my best gaming moments in, and that is Fog of Love. Okay. So basically it's a romantic comedy of the game. So I'm disappointed you haven't played it with me then. I haven't played it with you either. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Wow. You played oh, it with Aaron no. and Johnny. Yeah. I see where we stand. Yeah. Yep. Should tell us I something, I guess. Yep. He likes those <laughs> games. He didn't play with us, so <laughs> <laughs> Is it just that you didn't I think play you with just us? need more of that in your life. <laughs> Just less of you? Yeah. More or less of us, yeah. Hmm. You might be right. (laughs) So this game, basically what it boils down to is that you are going to play a card and you're each going to do the scenario of it. So maybe you might vote on the reaction your character is going to have compared to your partner. Uh, And then you just kind of go about things but the story that it crafts as you're playing it's just so comical 
I mean, when I was playing with Johnny that time, I was pretty much on the floor just laughing. You know the way Johnny gets. Oh, so, yeah, over um, the top. Over the top. You're now, probably tired. Right. So you're giggly. So imagine that just ratcheted up, and I'm in a scenario where I'm dating Johnny. So it's just... <laughs> It, it, it's pretty fun. I would definitely recommend trying it. You know, it's not going to be for everyone, but it's a, it's a good experience. Nice. As my number 10, Fog of Love. All right. Well, this was a, uh, a tough list for me because there's so many games and that were really close on this, especially the last two-thirds of the list and a few that didn't make it. Um, so... I was up to the last, up to the wire here, trying to figure out where I was going to order things. But did um, you even make a list? Or you just stalling? Oh, I, got, I have a list. Okay, I'm, I'm still figuring out. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely stalling. But um, my number ten is a game by Stefan Feld is Trajan. Um, I really like the just the roundout. You know, taking your pieces and you know how many you know you move them this many spots and you know so you're kind of like planning out which actions you can do and yeah. and there's a bunch of you know like a felt game there's a lot of different ways to score um but uh yeah when i'd like to you know kind of get the urge to play this one again here pretty soon but yeah it's my number 10 uh trajan the solid game mm-hmm. i definitely want to try it yeah again. you played it the once just it was right once. after you had played Right, so it was. Just, yeah, I couldn't get my mind around it. And you're doing it the opposite way, but they do it differently, differently so. and it just threw it off. So because I I, I, there's one play of mine. I don't remember if it was. I think it was actually Crusaders. Crusaders, you because you played that after. Yeah, because I played Trajan. I had the same thing where I kept like thinking of it like Trajan. Yeah. Like, oh wait. Oh no. Shoot. <laughs> Dang it. So we did make this list. Few days before Christmas here, so there might be something that we play between now and the end of the year that would hit it, but we're giving you what we got for <laughs> a week left in the year. So my number nine is Castles of Burgundy. Um this game for me is real ugly. I think Tim would attest to that. Yeah, it is. It's uh, not just you that thinks that. Yeah, yeah. component yeah. quality is low. Correct. Um yeah. I think the player boards could have been a little thin, thicker, but the game itself... I don't think they could have been thinner. <laughs> they could have been napkin boards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the game itself, though, is just... I just call it... It's just a ton of fun. The act of playing the game, the actions you're taking, all the comboing you're doing is just a blast. Yeah, I really don't know what else to say. I'm just building up my little board there. I'm comboing stuff together. I do this, and I get that, and I get to place that out, and I get to take this. Just a blast. Um, you're basically taking these tiles, you're putting colored tiles out on your player board. Um, you're trying to get groups of them together because once you complete that, you score bonus points. Once you complete all of one color on your player board, you get bonus points. Every tile that you take has a special, like maybe if you put this city tile out, you get more workers. If you put this city, city tile out, you get more coins, just different things like that. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of fun. I had always been interested in picking it up. This took me a while because it is a little bit lighter. I would say it's you know, it's probably a medium game, but it's on the lighter end of medium. And then just the look of it was so horrific that it took me a while to get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you finally got it. This did not make my list. I'll spoil that now. But I've only oh. played it once. I really enjoy that play, but I want to play it more to really kind of 
get the yeah. feel of it before I really determine how much I like this game. So that brings me to my number nine, and that is Aeon's End Second Edition. So you're basically playing cooperatively a deck builder where you're trying to fight a main bad guy and you have your own little breaches where you're more or less casting your spells into and it's just uh i mean really it's it's a lot of fun you get a lot of different options with what you're going to spend your points on if or your currency if you're going to buy cards from the card row if you're going to charge a spark if you're going to rotate your breaches to make them cheaper to open up later uh and then attacking you're attacking the bad guy which you got a little dial you're ticking down they also have little henchmen more or less that flip out you could fight them and i really like the turn order of it you have a turn order deck you flip a card and that's who goes so everyone in the games that i've played everyone has two cards in that deck you flip one out and that person goes so you could go twice back to back which i don't know it could hurt if you're in a larger game because maybe someone's waiting a little longer to go but i haven't seen that yet uh and then of course the coolest mechanism is that you never shuffle your deck when you play a card or when you play groups of cards, you place them in the discard pile in the order you want. And when you have to draw more cards from your deck, when your deck's empty, you just flip over your discard pile and then just draw those cards up. So I'm definitely looking forward to trying it more in 2020. Getting into some of the other main bosses, bad guys in the game. And Have you lost this yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you- Played. I played solo. I've played with Angela, and I've played with you. Okay, with Angela, I think you said you got blown out. Was it? Yeah. Yep. So if you play this on your own, mm-hmm. this is your fight to the death game. Can't <laughs> lose. One for one. How does that work though? Because I'd be playing cooperatively, or would we play two copies? Well, maybe the uh, the other person is the bad guy or the boss that you're fighting. They just have no control over. They just sit back and watch. Yeah, they watch and hope that you just start crumbling. You start out hot and then you just fall apart and lose at the end. I wouldn't want to be on that end, having no control of my own death. You might want to be. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, this was it was a fun one. Um, The little differences that it did for deck building make made a little more enjoyable than your standard deck builder for me. Mm -hmm. I tend to rate deck builders a lot higher than you do yeah yeah i've not played this one well you're a fool (laughs) (laughs) i blame you for it so (laughs) all right i'm a fool all right my number nine um is a game called paladins of the west kingdom um i've only played it a, a couple times so this may change where you know after i played a few more times you know see if like well some of this stuff gets a little old and samey for me, but you know, right now I really like it. The you know, the just the, how the different um, few of the different action spots kind of you know play off each other. Like, all right, if you go to this blue one, it gets you black, and this black one, you know, gets you red. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I like that. Um, but just a, a solid game. I wish the bo- or the box is a little smaller. This is too much. <laughs> too There's much too much. Yeah, too much too box space. For you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which one do you like better, Paladins or Architects? Paladins. Okay. Good answer. Yep. <laughs> Glad you approved. You made the right answer. Yep. So, yeah, I, I like Architects. Um, I'll definitely happy, happily play that every time, just not quite as much as I like Paladins. My number eight is Caverna, and that is another game like Castles. I feel like it's just a ton of fun playing the game. You know, you're doing your little farming, getting your grain, your farm going. You get building up your animals, just getting tons of sheep, donkeys, whatever you may be going for. Or you're building out your mine or carving out little rooms to build up. The game itself is just a blast. Um, I like how different action spots open up each round. You generally know which ones are going to be, just not quite the order of when they're going to come out. Gems are really good where it lets you do a lot of bonus stuff if you get those. There's a lot of different things that you can do with them. I really don't know what else to say. We reviewed it a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. so check that out. You can listen to our thoughts. Yeah, like I said, like everything is fun. I love doing all the stuff, and that's it's a game where like I get caught like wanting to do some of everything. I want to go explore. I want to do all this, and like... Like, all right, you got to focus a little bit more <laughs> to like play a good strategy. But like, I was, just, yeah, I want to play this all the time. He's like, oh, I want to play that again, or I want to now. I want to do this thing because I'm sitting here this whole game, wanting to, you know, you know, do this, and I didn't. So I, now I want to play and do that mm-hmm. the whole game. So, yeah. but yeah, just just a whole lot of fun like throughout the game. Yeah. So it's not like one of those frustrating types of games, which can be fun too, but. Mm-hmm. This one's on the fun side. <laughs> yeah, this one isn't restricting. No. No, not at all. So my number eight, it is a game that I was surprised how much I actually liked it. There was a lot of hype behind it at Origins when it came out from Capstone Games. That is Pipeline. And, you know, even after, you know, I looked into it a little bit more and Ryan, you had gotten it. When you set it up, it was like you first look at it and you see all these pipes, pipes all yeah. over. I didn't know how I was going to take my actions or what to do. But then once you get into it, it's like it was really cool how that worked out where you can kind of piece your pipes together and that determines how efficient you are at refining your oil or whatever the gas is that you have. Uh, I mean, that you got your little storage tanks you're doing and you're spending that oil. It just, I I don't know how else to really explain it, but I just, I liked it a lot. I just had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I guess I would say this is a surprise economic game that you actually enjoy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That one I've, I've played it one time. I liked it. I didn't love it, but definitely one I want to play again. Um, See if it definitely has the potential that I'll, enjoy a little bit more after you know maybe a couple more plays and that but yeah i'd say i'm similar in that i don't like it as much as you tim i do enjoy the game each time i played it it did grow on me a little bit and i have been itching to play it again so maybe you'll pick it in 2020 (laughs) maybe yeah that's on you tim (laughs) (laughs) all right my number eight is dinosaur island which is jurassic park the game so it the, it's it's one where the the gameplay I like the gameplay you know worker placement type of thing is is good in that but like the theme this is actually one where the theme helps quite a bit for me like you know I love dinosaurs and you know Jurassic Park and that and you really feel that Jurassic Park you know the bright colors and you know the 
the 80s kind of vibe to it and everything so like that i have realized like the last couple plays i need to you know start playing more with the um with the expansion modules the assistant and i forget what else goes with it but there's a couple things with that just gives it a little more variety as far as what you're doing instead of kind of kind of doing the same thing each round so that kind of like each person you has a little different powers in that so it kind of mixes it up a little bit more so i think i i need to start playing it with that one yeah i think i played it that once and it was just my second time playing and it had been so long since i played it so i didn't really like use my special ability or whatever because i was like well i've been playing in like eight months so i'm just gonna focus on remembering how to play the game (laughs) yeah i think each time i played this game it's been like at least five months apart so every time i play it i like relearn it yeah i mean this last time it it came right back to me yeah yeah because it's the third time I had played it or whatever, but yes, I enjoy it. There is there's stuff that frustrates me about it, but I still do like it. The hooligans, just obnoxious. Like yeah. I really don't. <laughs> it's my like those hooligans. Quite easily my least favorite part of oh, that game by far. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like when I drew the because there's the uh, plot <laughs> twists where there's two new rules to start each game, and when it was the you don't start with any hooligans. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's yeah. that's the one I, I need to like, draw oh, every time. I was like, that's good. I was a worry about them for one round at least. They, they did come back, but and with a vengeance. But yeah, <laughs> and then the uh, the last we actually played this this last game day, and I did horrible. I still had you know fun playing it, so that's a sign of a good game. But it was one of those where like basically round two, I knew I was just done, but it was still fun. Playing the game is still a lot of fun for me. You didn't yeah. like it because you watched me run away with it. That's why. <laughs> I said I still enjoyed the game. <laughs> that was a little unsettling, seeing you run away with something. Like, can someone ha- else be with yeah. It doesn't okay, happen not very often. Yeah, I was, in, I was in shock, I think. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing I did was I bought that little security thing so I could put one of my workers. And if I draw, for each worker I have on this security office, if I draw two hooligans, I could put up to two back in the bag and then draw replacements. Yeah. You're you're out. You jumped out from round one. Yeah, and you didn't even have we didn't even have hooligans then. Right, and then it but just but that just helped because helped I, I never took negatives on hooligans. I think the last round, because I drew twenty visitors out of the bag, I drew like four hooligans, so I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, you only got to put two of them back. Poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's my um, it's my number eight, Dinosaur Island. My number seven is my favorite game that Aaron owns. Uh, that is Paladins of the West Kingdom. We just reviewed that two episodes ago, so you can check that out. But it's one I do enjoy. Um, it's a good engine builder. Each actions lead into other actions and help you with them. You kind of focus on a couple of them each time it's one i really enjoy i like the how the paladins work how you draw one you're playing one that round it helps you for that round and gives you an ability and then you can also plan ahead in this game where you're putting one on the bottom of your deck and one on the top of your deck and the ones that you put on the bottom of your deck do matter in the first few rounds because you will see them again and the one that you put on the top of the deck obviously matters because you could be drawing that the next round so i really like how that works i was surprised how much that really help the game for me um this game really kind of surprised me in general because i didn't really like architects too much to begin with and each play it like really just flap down i still <laughs> will play it and i still do have f- some fun playing it but this one i really enjoyed 
This one just stayed up there for you, huh? Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah, and I I do like you mentioned with the the planning that turn ahead, looking at those cards, like it's like okay, well I can do this this round, and if I do this, this one's going to be useful. So like that little extra knowledge that you have, you can kind of like set yourself up, and that's kind of neat little twist. My number seven was another game that I was very surprised that I liked it as much as I did, and it is an ugly game. Magnus Storm. surprisingly no not that but boy (laughs) (laughs) number one (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there so this is what i would call the hairless cat of board gaming (laughs) because it's ugly and only after you play it or pet it Well, you learn to love it. (laughs) Only certain designers would be able to pull off this fantastic feat for you. (laughs) So that is Blackout Hong Kong. I really like the card play of the game, how you're kind of cycling through, and then some of them have to go to the hospital. you got to pull them out. It's been a while since we've played. Yeah, me and Michael played recently, and then I played with my wife a couple times recently, and well, but for me, been a least, while yeah. For you, yeah. But I remember liking the card play a lot. The the art is just so bad, though. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> Let me come back to that. Yeah, it's it's but, real ugly. But, but gameplay wise, though, you know, getting because <clears throat> you go around the map and you put out the cubes, the, your little cubes, and then you're kind of scoring those regions. And I don't know, it's just a lot of fun. You got to pick it for me again soon, so <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, this one was, was close for me. It didn't make my list, but part of that is like only had a couple plays of it. So like I played it once, a few months, and just played it recently again. Mm-hmm. So def- definitely, when I definitely want to play this more. I think maybe um, the reason it surprised me so much is because it had the same kind of card play that Mombasa had. And, and you love Mombasa, right? <laughs> yeah, I am not big on Mombasa, but. I love the card play in it. So for me, it took the best thing out of Mombasa and put it into a new game, and I... Like the rest of the game. Right. As opposed, yeah. yeah. So that's why it surprised me so much, and that's why I, I put yeah, it on the, this list. The card play in Mombasa on this is just like, I wish more games did it. Like, people need to steal so, this idea. <laughs> it's so engaging. Like You're thinking so much about... Okay, t- how to time these cards out right to get what you need or get what you want to play them when you want. Yeah, not it's, just what cards you're playing, where are you placing them as well, yeah. and so that you know when. All right, I'm gonna give them back this round, yep. and and you you do mess up sometimes, and that's frustrating. Yep. <laughs> but when you pull it off, it feels so satisfying when you get the stuff at the right time that yep. when you want it. Or I, more people need to do it. It just it needs to be in more games. Or get Fist, on that designers. Fister just needs to make more <laughs> games with this. Just, just continue to pump out games with this mechanic. But all his other games are good. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to put out a game every month, right? That was my number okay. seven blackout Hong Kong. My number seven is one that's been talked about already. Is Castles of Burgundy. Um, I believe it's actually the lightest game on my list here, but it's you know, fun game. I like. All the you know, trying to close out all the different you know colored ones, and trying to like see where everybody else is gonna go, so I can hurry up and you know get that first. And I like with the there's dice roll, but 
and a lot of times like to determine actions i don't always like that but there's enough mitigation in this one that kind of like and also like kind of planning out like all right well i want to use use the dice to get some of those so that because i know next you know gonna start a new round next time so i want to make sure i can get this particular tile next time right away so i need to make sure i have those mitigating things on it but yeah just a, a lot of fun and yeah good game yep I already talked about it in my list. Yeah, I touched on it briefly. I think if it didn't have that mitigation, it would have been just a horrible game for me. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you can say that about a lot I, of games. <laughs> if this game wasn't so good, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I'm right. just throwing it out there because, yeah. yeah, you know. So my number six is the last in what I would call my first clump. Um, <laughs> basically, my six through 12 were so close, it really de- was what I want to play right now, basically type of thing, where a week from now my 11 and 12 could be bumped up and some of these could be off. Yeah. The same exact thing for me, but it was 5 through 13. <laughs> <laughs> 4 through 212. Like Yeah, like my number 5 and 13 could move 5, 6 spots yeah. by next week. So my number 6 tomorrow. here is A Feast for Odin. Uh, we just talked about it in review, so I'm not going to get into it, but a fantastic game and one you should check out. I agree. My number six was a game that you teased me with for quite a while, Ryan. Okay. You got it, and you kept telling me how much I was going to like it. Okay, I was wondering if this was one you got for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I initially thought, yeah. too. <laughs> that might come up later. <laughs> But this was Clans of Caledonia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we... Wow. <laughs> okay. So it is one that I've only played once, but that one play, I liked it so much. It was just... It took... And you'd played... Half the game is real similar to Gaia. Yeah. Which I played Gaia Project, and I enjoy that. So this almost boils it down, and it just uses the... You're basically putting different stuff on the board as far as, uh, like, cows. You could put different fields yep. out. You could put in different, like, industry. So you can have, like, a little brewery or a little cheese factory. Yep. And, now, oh, cheese is factory. it because there's Whoa. cheese in the game? Is yep. that why you I figured it out? <laughs> that, <laughs> like it so much? <laughs> see, I was trying to trick you. That's why I said the the brewery first. Yep. So hopefully you wouldn't catch it. But, yep. no, you got yeah, he me. He definitely got it. You got me. That helped it. Not really, but yeah. it it just kind of the whole package of, uh, you know, the little area control getting out there and, you know, spreading your little industry around, if you want to call it that. Uh, the market's pretty cool, too, as well, when you buy and sell, yeah, how that like fluctuates. That so, you like the fluctuate. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the fluctuation in that. So it just definitely a game I need to play more this year. Yeah, I'd got this. Well, I'd gotten it a, probably the end of two thousand like seventeen or something. So it's obviously probably. not on my list here. But um, I'd played a, quite a few times at two, and then I've only played like one or two games at uh, three or four. And I really it ramped. I liked it at two, but it's really good at three or four. It's just more competition. You could usually still do what you want, but just not so open on the map and just placing your stuff out there is a little bit tighter and the production like you said tim of when you put that stuff out it uncovers and all that 
dairy is going to produce milk or cheese or you know your yeah. distillery is going to give you some w- booze and just whatever yeah. you're yeah you're going i really with. like to play this game you but, haven't uh, played it no really yeah you I'd really Ryan. like it yeah i probably would i've almost taught it to him a couple times but we just play something <laughs> else <laughs> you've also taught it to yeah him. real real close to playing a couple times yep hmm. and just teasing johnny, me with that and i think johnny is a master at this one he's played it twice and I know the first time he played, he just mopped up. And I know he won the second time we played too. And those, it was, it was fun though. I like the contracts, how those work, and he's, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that's my number six, Clans of Caledonia. Yeah, sure, it'd be nice to play that one. I will say it almost has the problem that Paladins does, where the box is too small for everything that fits in it. It's not as bad though. It's it? not as bad, okay. but it's real close to that bad. It's surprising. You know, when you bring the game out, it's a smaller box. Not that it's a tiny box by any stretch, but it's it's smaller than your it's like, it's average. It's just because it's real short. Yeah, but then when you start pulling stuff out, it's like, wow, there's a lot of game. Yeah. In this shorter box, because they made the box too small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My number six, we have talked about very recently, and it is a feast for Odin. So, probably don't need to go into it too much, but nope, real good game. My number five is, if it's not my wife's new favorite game, it's definitely her favorite game that I taught her in this past year, and I obviously really enjoyed it as well, and that is Trajan. She's always asking, uh, she's like, oh, you want to play a game? And I know the first one that <laughs> she's going to, I'm like, well, what do you have in mind? Oh, Trajan. I'm like, well, that. Well, what else would you play as well? <laughs> like, I'm fine with playing it, but what else would you like to play? But... uh I really so you like... just pick something you don't want to play so that you play Trajan. <laughs> I did enjoy my first play or two of it quite a bit, but each play it just got better and better because I was better at seeing how that Moncala worked. And like to me, it's just brilliant how how that all works. You pick them up, you can plan so far in ahead if you really want to think that much, but you don't even have to, and you can do fine just kind of going with whatever. There's times where you're trying to set yourself up to take certain actions, and you got to like do two or three different things to be able to take that other action on there. Yeah, and doing this action you don't really want to do, but you're setting yourself yeah. up. It's it's a lot of fun manipulating that and moving those things around. But then on the the game itself is whatever it is. I think it's six. I can't remember right now, but like six mini games. I do enjoy all the aspects of that. They're actually pretty basic on how those work. So the game itself, if you get the Moncala part down, the rest of the game is fairly simple to understand. It's just getting yep. how that works, and then you're you're golden after that. Yep. And, yeah, I already mentioned I had played that and or yep. had it on my list, so good that game. Is my number five, Trajan? My number five is a newer entry to this list. I first talked about it a few episodes ago, and that was Cthulhu Death May Die. Uh, just real quick, it's just you play through different episodes. You're going to pick a Elder God and an episode. I think there's six in the main core box. You mix those two together. It tells you how to set up the map, what enemies are going to show up in there. And then you're just running around trying to disrupt the ritual and trying to kill the great old one once they are out on the map. It's just kind of uh, a lot of fun, just kind of an Ameritrash mm-hmm. run around, roll dice, 
take insanity, you know, take health. You can mitigate the dice with the stress you can take, and it's just kind of a lot of fun. So escape from Dolce, but fun is what you're telling me. (laughs) Yeah, so it's... I don't even know how to compare those. No, I know. I kind of know what Death May Die is like. I've watched some stuff on it. Yeah. I'm interested in trying it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I like Cthulhu stuff, but there are just so many games like that, so I don't get too excited for them because there's 478,000 Cthulhu games. But So I know... Tim has documented this quite well, that I'm not <laughs> the biggest, very big fan of Cthulhu. A lot of it is just Cthulhu burnout. Mm-hmm. But the thing for me is, like, when I play, I don't know how the theme is on this one, but when I play a Cthulhu game, I don't want the, like, lighthearted stuff. I want it, like, to feel, like, stressful or, like, actually scarier horror type. You know what I mean? I'm losing my mind type of thing. That's what I want out of these Cthulhu games. Now, obviously, Cthulhu Wars isn't like that. I like that one Mm -hmm. a lot. You do take, because there's the different trackers, they have, like, there's your health, so when you actually take damage from stuff, you take hits. But then also, when you roll the dice, there's symbols on them where you lose your sanity. So whatever happened in that encounter, you can go a little more crazy. And as you go crazier, you might unlock better abilities, you get more dice. So the crazier you are, the better you are. But you're closer to losing, so it's kind of a cool, yeah. Kind of, I feel just feel like for me, it's one of those where obviously most Cthulhu games are very trashy, and I want to feel the theme in them. I want them to be dark and grim and gritty, that that type of thing. Is I guess why they bother me a lot of times. But yeah, for me, it's just like you said, the burnout is so many of them that they don't excite me when I see one now just for that reason because like oh well one came out last week now there's another one this week kind of thing but yeah. like, but I like I like the theme is just there's so much of it so but see, I'm interested to play it though because you know I almost always look into them like if I see a new one because I like the theme yeah I don't feel that burnout but because it's an IP that it's public domain mm-hmm. I'm always wary about the game I might look into it, but yeah. I'm definitely not going to buy it just of the time. because. Just going to buy it. Like, I'm going to buy every Cthulhu, which is good you're not. Otherwise, you'd have no money. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm on out there. But this yeah. one's a lot of fun, and that's my number five, Cthulhu Death May Die. Right, my n- number, we got number four? Yep. This is, so I have a uh, second. Five. You're going to do your five. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do number five. We'll go with that. And it has been discussed by it's on Ryan's list, uh, Fields of Arla, and kind of Fields of what? Arla. It's the name of the town in Germany. Arl. <laughs> like Carl. Yeah, C A R L E. Carl. But yeah, it's a. I really enjoy the game, and I. The biggest drawback for me is that it's just the two-player or solo, which I have played it solo um, a couple times, and not a bad solo game. Um, I you know I like that, but yeah, fun game. There's a lot of different like a you know typical Rosenberg game where there's a lot of different things to do, you know, a lot of pieces, big board, and everything. It's a little a little intimidating with all the action spots initially, but yeah, it's a lot of fun and definitely 
looking forward to eventually getting that T in trade so we can do it with three players. So maybe we can play with Johnny or something, right? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> my number four is Lisboa. Uh, my first Lacerda game that I played, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the art and production of the game. The game itself, the card play is fantastic for me. I really, that makes the game. This is a lot of fun. There's a lot of interconnecting mechanisms. I'm really excited. You know, just a few days ago, I got on Mars. I got that box opened up. I'm overwhelmed right now. I need a couple days to cool <laughs> off before I start punching and sorting it all. So but, we're not playing after we record here? <laughs> Not unless you want like a ten-hour game of misery. Yeah, you got like sixteen hours to spare. <laughs> I'll read the rules out well, loud and sift through the rule book and punch everything. And we'll still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Lisboa for me is a lot of fun. It's one of those games that I looked into the theme of the game outside of playing the game, which rarely happens, and is actually interesting finding out about the history of the game. I think this is a great game and one you should check out. I did like it. I'm not huge on it. It did not make my list. Sorry to give it away, Michael. <laughs> but <laughs> I was really disappointed there. <laughs> but no, I did like it. Uh, the more I play it and the more I start to kind of see how everything really flows together, I like it a little bit more. I don't know if it's going to go up too much more for me, though, but it's not something that I'll shy away from playing. Yeah, real real solid game. I like it. Okay, so my number four, it's been talked about already on both your lists, okay. and we reviewed it a few episodes ago, and that is Paladins of the West Kingdom. I guess I don't have too much more to say. It's just uh, it's a lot of fun, and I would definitely recommend it. All right, well, I'm at uh, number four here, and this is where, like, one through four are pretty close. And this one, especially, I just recently played this, and uh, I'm quite confident I'll be playing again, actually, in this year, the last, you know, few days of 2019, <laughs> and may even move up on my list if we would have done it January 1st. But um, as it is right now, it fell to my number four. It was Mary Kaibo. It's too low. <laughs> it was real tough with this top four. and That's pretty high. Basically because I just recently played it and just a few plays, so like I'm really excited to play it again. And, yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> has has some of that feel of Great Western Trail, but, you know, there's different, you know, strategies. I've done a different kind of thing each time and liked it every time and want to – Want to get more plays? I may or may not agree with you. You also <laughs> tune in to the rest of the top ten I here to find out. <laughs> I, number... I do like the game, and maybe because I won the last game, maybe that's why <laughs> I enjoyed it more. But <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, it's a it's really good. Yeah, we'll see with a few more plays if you keep winning and still like it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it might <laughs> might be his uh, to the death game. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's or uh, it may fall. You know, one of the two yeah, ways, one one. depending yeah. on how you do. Right. You know, either way, I'd have fun before I'd get you know taken out. Then. That's true. That's that's uh, one yeah. way to go about I'm that. I'm gonna die. I might as well have fun before <laughs> yep. instead of playing a miserable game. 
Uh, speaking of miserable games, Tim, your last play of this was kind of miserable. Okay. Um, I think it's a game you highly fluctuate on. You enjoy most of the game, but there's a couple things that definitely bother you, and that is Tricurion. You would be correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, for me, yeah, I like everything about the game. The one complaint I do have, and that is a bigger complaint, is teaching the game takes a long time. You can't really skip over anything when you're teaching the game. And there's a lot to teach. Um, it just works differently than a lot of other games do. And then how, you know, playing out your tricks and performing the tricks and that stuff is pretty in-depth and different. And that's my biggest complaint about the game. The rest of it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's Tricurion. It's a very heavy game. It's by Mind Clash. Um, that's my number three. You're dead on. I, I really liked it my first couple plays and then the more i've gone into it it's really fluctuated down and there are parts that i like but the parts that i don't like are starting to kind of outweigh that yeah it just i'll still play it well maybe it'll fluctuate up it might maybe it might back down i don't know though (laughs) maybe not probably not yeah i played this twice kind of back to back and um I definitely like this game. It was close to making my list. Um, you know, maybe with a few more plays, it would to see if I fluctuate up or down mm-hmm. with it. But it's definitely a close one. And yeah, it's one where it takes a bit to to figure out what the rules because yeah, it is kind of a you know wrap your head around how those tricks work and all that stuff. Where so at first play, I was like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> kind of thing. But like, I definitely liked it. And again, like I said, it made my short list. So. Stay tuned to see if it makes my list. <laughs> my number three, it is a game that's been talked about at length in this episode, and that is A Feast for Odin. So I will not bore you with more details about it. Just Thank re- God. Just rewind and listen to our thoughts on. My number three game is my third Rosenberg game on this list, and it is Caverna. And I'm, this really shouldn't be on my 2019 list because Ryan should have played it earlier. But, you know, that's your fault. Like so. 2015 or 16? Yeah. But, yeah, just, you know, excellent game. I just you know love doing everything in the game. And I think I mentioned before that that's my biggest problem I have when playing it doing well is I keep wanting to do everything and need to focus more on a You have the, Tim, the Tim effect? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I'm getting a little better now. I've played it more like I... A little better at like, all right, focus, gassed, focus. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, number three, Caverna. My number two is a game I had been interested in quite a while, and I played it the first time at Origins and instantly wanted to have it. It was out of print, so I had to pay a little bit of a premium for it, and that is Russian Railroads. Um, I mean... Michael, we played this five times in a row one day, so <laughs> yeah. that says a lot about how, if we like the game or not. It wasn't necessary to play five in a row. That was a little much, but, you know. I didn't regret any of them. Nope. So, But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, the epitome of an engine builder. You're literally building an engine, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. But More literally this game time, yeah. ramps up so much every round where the first round you might score seven points, the last round you might be scoring 140 points, whatever, you know, it's... A very high-scoring game. 
Um, I've had games where I get just absolutely blown out, but it doesn't. I lost by 130, but it doesn't bother me. Um, next game, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this strategy, and I'm gonna whatever, however you go about it. But it's just the four different avenues, main tracks that you have that you're going up is just so much fun, and the industry works a lot different than. I don't know. It's just it's a great game. I love the expansions for it. I'm glad I got them. Those are expensive as well. Just look forward to playing this game a lot more and getting the group to play the game more because I think everyone has at least enjoyed the game that is played. Yeah, no it. one's hated it. You know, like yeah. you said, with the it's very easy to lose by a ton of points in this game. Like over a hundred is quite easy to do because of how many points you score towards the end. Mm-hmm. So if you get a little behind, it can kind of snowball kind of thing but, but yeah you know i i love the game and just always excited like ah, i want to play it again want to play it again all the time and well that's the main thing is like when we'd get done playing there we're like oh, i want to play again because i yeah. want to either get better at that strategy or try this track or do that you yeah because it's thing. a game where you can't you can cannot do everything without yeah. getting crushed by 300 points <laughs> so like as i'm playing it like i just want to like i want to do that track now and i want to do it right now i don't want to wait till (laughs) next week or two weeks or a month Mm -hmm. to do it i want to play it immediately after and that's yeah so good pick yeah it's it's really good and i've only played a few times but each time i've played it it's gotten obviously better because initially when you wanted me to play (laughs) it i was like trying to avoid it because i thought it was like an 18x because when you first mentioned russian railroad i didn't look into it prior so it was like yeah and aaron was like "Eh." aaron's like because a guy, I think two guys, the two people had to drop, it was like a couple or something had to drop out or played at Origins with yeah. the guy. And Aaron was like, yeah, I'll play it, you know. And then I asked you and you just like got real like, <laughs> like weird nah. about it. <laughs> and I was like, I think you'd like it, Tim. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> I'll but give I, you I get it. You, th- you thought train, so you thought something completely different. Uh, right. So this is, I will say it's by far my favorite train game. <laughs> <laughs> So that brings me to my number two, and it's been talked about by both of you, and that is Caverna, the cave farmer. We reviewed it in a prior episode, so if you really want to go in depth, you can listen to that. But uh, yeah, I like all the the different actions you can take to start building into your cave or out into the farmland or where you're cutting the trees down, doing all that stuff. And I like also how the actions are the cards in later rounds. So you flip mm-hmm. over a new card, it's a different action. And you're kind of slowly working your way through. It's just kind of something simple that's there that's kind of really cool. And I enjoy it a lot. So that is my number two. Yeah. It's game, like, surprisingly, like where you're like planting crops and getting like, that's fun to me to do that. And that just seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good choice. My number two is the first Vitalis Serta game I played, and I'm very excited to play more of them. It kind of got me into w- checking out all of his games, and they're all like the you know very you know heavier thematic euros, and I'm kind of excited to like play all of them. Yeah, I like to <laughs> try them all out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, at least one of them, all of them once at least. Yep. So yeah, that is Lisboa. Been talked about already, but. Yeah, it's a real fun. It's you know a little tough like those first plays because it's so heavy and like wrapping your head around like all right, so you can do 
you know, do these actions a couple different ways and like, all right, what do I need to do to be able to do this? And it's so heavy, like takes a little bit to get into, but I enjoyed it. Even the first plays when I didn't exactly know what I was doing, I still really enjoyed it. And each play after that, it's, it's been getting easier to like understand, you know, how to play and what to do and not asking you as many questions, Ryan, <laughs> which I'm sure you appreciate. Um, I didn't mind. Cause I actually, by the time we played it the first time, I had the rules down real well. Like I had to look in the rule book here and there, I'm sure, but I had it down pretty well where I could just answer right away. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it's it's frustrating when the when you know the rules, you're not fully sure on them yourself, and then you're like, um, you feel like an idiot, <laughs> and you gotta go grab the. But yeah, that's my number two, Lisboa. Check it out if you like heavy games, or think you might. <laughs> So my number one, I'm going to strap in here, Tim. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I wonder what this is going to be. <laughs> I'm sitting down already. So, so it was a close call between my one and two. Uh, this one does ultimately take the cake. Mari Kaibo by Alexander Pfister. Whoa. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. So obviously I was very excited about this game from the second I heard it was he was making it, which was like a long time ago. <laughs> so just because he announced or they announced that it was a game from Alexander Pfister. And he said it was one of his heavier ones. So that's what really oh, gets me excited okay, okay, is when he announces that he's making one of his medium heavy, you know, those those weight type games. That's when I start getting excited. You instantly start making room in your top ten of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Which um, one am I drop out here? <laughs> so obviously I was excited right away. Didn't know anything about the game. Then once details about the game came out, I got more excited. There was only one part I was kind of like, I don't know. So the legacy aspect of it, I was kind of sketchy about. But then you can actually just play. You don't even need to use it. You can just play the base game. So I was like, okay, good. But I wouldn't be against trying the legacy part. So this game is just absolutely fantastic. It gives vibes of Great Western Trail where the ship upgrades are kind of removing discs in the rondelle movement. I really like that. It's also done different as well where it's a race each round to get to the end or you're you're not sure how far someone's going to go. So it's not just a continuous movement. You actually just have four set rounds. There's so many different ways to score points in this. There's exploring. You got used to card engine building with the cards and income scoring. Um, There's the influence track. There's all sorts of different ways. I'm very excited to play the game more and more. It's one of those, for me, it, it's feeling like it's going to be like Great Western Trail in Mombasa where I could just play it tons and tons of times and get loads of enjoyment out of it. You've even gone as far as playing it solo. Yeah, I've played, I'm, out of the three of us, I'm probably a little less even of a solo gamer than you are, Tim. And I've played four times even. i played twice back-to-back. And for a Euro... So Mage Knight is my favorite solo game. This one was really satisfying, especially for a Euro game, because typically those kind of just bore me, or they don't give you the same feel as you're playing against an opponent. And this one really does do that. You feel like you're playing against someone else, because he's moving across the board. He's scoring points. He's getting income points. And you you got to keep pace or hit the spots that you want to before he hits the end of the the path there to end the round. And it's one I'm not tired of playing solo yet, too. Typically, it's one or two games, and I'm done with games solo. So, Marikaibo, pleasantly surprised. It exceeded my expectations, and those are pretty lofty to begin with. 
It's, I didn't know that was even possible to exceed That's expectations. <laughs> I was. I will say I was surprised how much I liked the game. I'm glad because, for my own sake because you guys went to. <laughs> I know. I would have went to. We're gonna have to play so. it. So. <laughs> so because, you know, obviously, it was talked about a lot. A lot of excitement from Ryan. So it was like, oh boy, I hope it's not like Mombasa where it's gonna be one that he's going wild about. Oh, I don't okay. care. But really I was I was really surprised. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, just the two plays I've had, I mentioned it earlier, I went through the exploration pretty heavy in the first game, the second game, I went through a lot of the attacking and doing those kind of things, upgrading my ship more. But I I enjoyed both plays, so it was kind of I'd like to kind of see Maybe if I can focus more on one or maybe do a little mix of a couple things and it just kind of seeing where it goes. So I'm excited to try it again. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to, to play this one again soon. And yeah, like I said, like it was number four on my list, but could easily, you know, they're right behind, you know, all three of the other ones on the list. So we'll see after a few more plays where that ends up being. But mm-hmm. yeah, really like, and one thing I didn't mention before is like those cards, like, you know, a lot of th- like there's a lot of different strategies so i've been kind of at least my initial i haven't played many times yet but the plays i have played like it kind of like all right well i have this card to do this thing so i guess i'm going to go that route this time and just excited to like, try those you know strategies again try different strategies and yeah really want to play it again the dual use cards are nice because you got the yeah. cards that you can buy and just play they give you some points typically but they build your income either coins or victory points they give you uh, they do tons and tons of different things but help like help you, the you get those assistants which are really powerful yeah. powerful actions but you can basically discard them to complete quests or you can discard them to deliver goods to cities which is helping you remove discs off your board which i thought was really cool the different things you can do with the cards yeah and yeah it's one of those games like it's so well done like everything works together so well which is something fister does really good is like how all these things he's got a, interact he's got like a junkyard of just mechanics and they work <laughs> together basically yeah the way he can put all those different mechanics together and in such a smooth way uh, the so good stuff the card play is kind of like just because there's so many cards like terraforming mars so that gives me that feel a lot what i like about this one and the card play better obviously the art is consistent. That's one thing. But <laughs> that the, the real thing is how there's a lot of the same card. There's not like too many of the same card where it gets too samey, but it's not like so much of luck of the draw type of thing. Like there's there's maybe four or six of that card in the deck. So you have, oh, that's the only one of that card in the deck. Now I'm screwed type of thing. Yeah. You know, there's just different variety and enough yeah. of the same cards as well. You'll see you know, a lot of the. I, I haven't looked into the decks at all, but it, at least a lot of the cards, like you'll see them at some point in the game. You know, there might be some that are more rare. I don't know, but you know, it's. I do like that you've already seen some of those, but it doesn't feel like you say overwhelming. Where like every fourth card is the same one. Like, oh, I'm sick of seeing this stupid thing. So. So that's my number one. I'll stop now before I get too excited. <laughs> uh, too late, Mari Kaibo. So my number one. I was surprised to see it make it this high on my list. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because I just was not sure initially getting into it. Ryan, I'm glad you're sitting down. (laughs) Because my number one is Mary Kaibo. 
You know, smart man. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you, <laughs> I knew you would be. But man, I guess I hate this game. It's all the way down at four, four? for me. Well, you didn't even Whoa. have it on your anticipated list. I know. That's because I didn't look into it. I am shocked it's your number one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I knew you did enjoy your first yeah, play. And I, the, yeah, my first and second play I've enjoyed quite a bit. You know, like you said, I like the movement. It's similar to Great Western Trail where you're moving around, but it adds more tension because mm-hmm. it triggers the end of the round. So it's like, okay. Every I, round, not every yep. Am yeah, I going to get two more actions or three more actions? You right. Know, how many stops? You know, I can sit and screw around and just move one space and do one action. But if I see Michael jet way up and all of a sudden he's just a few spaces away till the end, I got to start moving to be able to do what I want to do especially if I need to get to certain locations. Like the last game we played, I was battling a lot. So I wanted to make sure I was in range to hit those every time. Mm. And one of the battling ones is at the very last spot. Right. And you always have the opportunity. You know, I, I like, too, that when someone gets to the end, you can still do another yeah, it's action. Not, so it's not instant. Because that you can really move seven me. spots. So if someone was sitting at seven spots away and you're like, I already want to do these things, I want to do that last one for sure. But if he goes there, then I can't do it. Like all you need to do is get within seven of the ends. So, like I, I, that's a huge thing. Where if that was changed, that would dramatically lower my rating. Yeah, I, I like the game. yeah that you you get one action after someone gets to the end. The last round, you'll get two more actions. Yeah. So I'm gonna stop you guys there because we're <laughs> looking at reviewing it. <laughs> And really, at this point, I might just copy this segment and just paste it in our review. Yeah, we're giving you a good idea of how we feel about the game. It might be a bit jumbly when we get there, but we'll we'll just copy and paste everything. Maybe after a few more plays, it'll, you know, we'll find something else to talk about, or maybe it'll get worse. We'll see. I already got a lot written down. (laughs) (laughs) I have all my cons written down. All Is zero of them, or no? I got some some cons. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, so stay tuned for that. I always we'll, come up with we'll get there cons, yeah. even though I love the game. <laughs> I gotta even think of something I don't like. Even though it's my favorite game, <laughs> my only con is that it took them so long to come out with this game. <laughs> Anyways, that's my number one, Mary Kaibo. My number one has been talked about. Talked about it at length. It's uh, Russian Railroads. So I don't have a whole lot to add to it, but. Again, barely made it as number one, but it did it. So congratulations to Russian Railroads. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, it was definitely on my short list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only played it twice. Like A lot of those games were like, and there's a couple on, on mine I'll mention with the honorable mentions here, but like that didn't quite make the list, and they didn't make it because I've only played it twice and like one that I've played a few more times. Like I'll put it on there because I know more certain about what I think about it than a couple of these others. So my top two honorable mentions are Blackout Hong Kong and Teotihuacan. You left off a Fister game? (laughs) I did. (laughs) So my 6 through 12 were super close. There was other ones in there that were close as well, but these these could hit the list in a week. But those are the two I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that I do thoroughly enjoy. I... There were some really good games, some that I liked that I left off. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, real quick, Russian Railroads mentioned CO2. We played that once. I think with more plays, I'll know for sure. Empires of the North, I've liked that. Sentry. Um, and then, like, Bruges and Brass. I've only played once, but those two were also, you know, close. So with more plays, they could have could have went up, so... Yeah, for me, uh, CO2 is one where 
I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the semi-cooperative aspect of it yet. And I've only, I mean, I played it solo a few times, but just the, you know, one time with other people. Yeah. So, like, I I want to see, like, that, you know, could get up there, too. It's Right now, it's, right, it's a little bit lower ranking, but has some potential still. And I'm just not sure about the semi-cooperative part of it yet. Then the other two that were really close that I barely left off, one was Teotihuacan, and like you mentioned, Ryan, you know, like that game a lot. And then Yokohama, which is when I just played at um, Game Hole Con. And oh, then yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't higher for you because I know you were going nuts for it's, it. Because it was just the two plays is and again my eleven and twelve were both for a while I had them on the yeah. list and then they moved off the list so yeah I definitely want to you know hopefully you know probably will be getting plan on getting that game you know in the near future and stuff and definitely gonna want to play that because it with a couple more plays certainly could have made the list yeah for sure I have not played that one that is one I have looked into quite a bit um, I think I'd like the gameplay the first glance at looking at it is kind of one of those like it looks overwhelming and kind of bit but when i actually looked into how the game plays it looked really interesting to me so that's why it was one i almost picked up a few different times yeah with like all the stuff on there it's like ah, everything's jammed in there but like it's yeah. pretty like i actually because i played it at like a you know signed up to play the game someone explained it to me in that and then i actually got it out of the library and taught it to you because i'm not saying that i did a great job of explaining it but mm-hmm. you know that you get you know could at least play it and you know you and marvin you know we're we're doing stuff and it's not like you had no idea what was going on for yeah. it and it's not a super light game either so it's you know kind of medium weight type of thing but, but yeah. so what are some of your guys's most played games from 2019 Ryan and Michael, this probably will not surprise you, but my most played game is Bang the Dice Game. I played it 15 times. So then I looked at my actual like heavy game that I've played most, and I have A Feast for Odin and Arcadia Quest tied at six plays. Mine, the most played was Splendor. Played that 15 times. Oh, yeah. And a lot of that was... It's a good game to play with people who aren't gamers, so I've brought oh, it and played it yeah. places with other people sometimes. I mean, I don't know if I've played with their game group in forever. I don't think any of those plays are from that this year. Maybe one or two, but yeah, I don't know. But as you know, just bring it to other people who aren't, you know, don't play a ton of games and that. Um the other one, the little bit heavier one that I played more was um, probably won't be a surprise because I played it five times in a row. <laughs> so, <laughs> Russian railroads I played thirteen times. Yeah. It's- so I'd, when you play five times in a, in a row, yeah, that's gonna put it up for a yeah. medium, you know, hour and a half long game. That'll <laughs> get up there on that list. So I didn't actually look at how many times I played Bang the Dice game this year. Pice, oh, pretty yeah, close he to these. Care. <laughs> but my two most played that I know of are Russian Railroads. I played eighteen times and Trajan seventeen times. Woo! So those are. Two games in my top ten here, and um, they're hot ticket items right now. <laughs> um, what is a game that came out from 2019 that you guys want to play the most that you have not played? Okay, not played. That's a game that Ryan, you won't so let me you play. So you can't say Mario Kaibo. I've played that. <laughs> um, Ryan won't let me play this game. That is on Mars because <laughs> okay. you just got it. <laughs> Mine is Barrage. The reason for well, I, 
want to play it anyways, but I also I'm not a hundred percent sure on the game, so I really want to play it to know if I'll like it. I think I will, but it's one I want to play because it just seems interesting, seems different. I like Luciani a lot, so I really want to try that game out. Yeah, that was the number two on on my list. I went with Marvel Champions. Okay, I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Yep. Okay. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the theme as well, so that helps for me. And then. Undaunted Normandy, but I have it. I just haven't yeah, played it. you've had that for Whoa. quite a while, haven't you? Shelf of shame. Month four or five so. months. Oh, okay. Not four or five longer. months. No, just it's somewhat recent. I just I read through the rules. I just haven't played it yet. But it was you know a 2019 game that I just haven't played yet. But it's coming. What is the worst game you played in 2019? And what's the most overhyped or overrated game that you played in your eyes? Well, the worst game that I played, um, a little game called Train Heist. <laughs> That's right. You and Marv played that. It was one of those where I was halfway through and I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait for this to be done so I can stop playing this game. <laughs> so, yeah. What was your most overhyped game then? Overhyped game was, for me, it was Gloomhaven. It was number one on the BGG list, so that, you know, it was hyped so much and just... It's one of those games where, like, like the setup time is so long for it, and part of it is that the legacy or legacy campaign style of game yeah. isn't one of my favorites. Like, I was, I thought I was gonna gonna like it in that, but just kind of fell flat. I'm one of those we're probably not gonna play two player anymore. I might try it as solo and just see if like he's, I, he's kicking you out. I don't think he's gonna be too upset. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's so many other games I'd rather play with two players and solo. Yeah, yeah. Like there aren't a ton of games that I like solo, so I feel like I'll get it played more that way. Yeah. And yeah. when two player, like I'd rather play Mary Kaibo. <laughs> so for me, my worst game that I've played, it was by far one of the worst gaming moments we've had, Ryan, and that was Escape from Dolce when we played that last game, <laughs> and we were trying to get out of a level. And it was literally just roll. Nope, I missed. You go. He rolls. He misses. The boss goes. He rolls. He misses. It was like 10 minutes of just rolling and missing. Rolling many, and many missing. rounds. And just nothing to mitigate it. And it was just... Oh. I'm sad I missed that play. <laughs> yeah, I wish you were there. Yeah. I'd... <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. And then by far the most overhyped game. This might not surprise you, Ryan. And this was Call to Adventure. Because it was overhyped by Aaron <laughs> extensively. We put a little uh, musical collage together for Glad him. Mario Kaibo wasn't going to be the <laughs> number one no, game for the year. because I like that one. That's why. But uh, yeah, and then once we finally played that game, and it was just such a dud. It yeah. Was, it was, I'd play it over Escape from Dolce, but it was not, not that great. Yeah. So... I will start off by saying this. I know there is way worse games out there, and our group does do a really good job of being selective about what we pick up and do play. So we, yeah. even our bad games are still yeah. decent enough. Yeah, because I don't play many. There are a lot of bad games out there, but like you said, we do enough. Most you know, most of the time, there's enough. Look into it enough that like. And there's a good chance people are going to like this, so you don't. We don't get a yeah, ton of duds. We, we don't really just pick a random game that we know nothing about at all and just play it. Mm. Really, 
Unless that's for Marv. train heist. Yeah, Marv, he, is, Marv did Marv pick that really, one. Marv's out really of, the random guy. Yeah, just saw the name of it and picked it out of the library, which is fine. That's the time to do that kind of thing. It's not like he owns it now and then I have to play it a bunch. So my worst game would be Escape from Dolce or Call to Adventure. Oh, you lumped them together. Oh. Huh? I lumped them together because I couldn't decide which one I dislike <laughs> <make> more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my most overhyped or overrated games, uh, Gloomhaven and Root. You'd kind of mentioned Gloomhaven, Michael, kind of the same feelings. For me, it was just I think I wanted too much of Mage Knight in it, and yeah. the card play just really fell flat for me compared to Mage Knight. And then Root, just, I don't know. I, I feel like this game is just, I don't know if it's the cute art that people go so nuts about. I mean, I know the the game itself, but like the asymmetrical, so I was excited about that. I'm like, oh, cool, you know, I love Chaos, I love Cthulhu Wars, and then I just did not like this game at all. I guess maybe I would begrudgingly try one more game of it if Tim made me. Ooh. And just so we can hit it as ten Playing by ten, soon, huh? ten by ten by the end of the year. <laughs> but I need like eight more plays. <laughs> but yeah, this one just this one just flapped down to the ground for me as well. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't I just played it one time. Um, I don't think I like it as much as I like Gloomhaven, but I had much higher hopes. higher hopes for it, and like they're both like really hyped up games in that but i had i ha- me personally i had higher hopes yeah. for gloomhaven i still don't hate gloomhaven is this expectations and the, the I, hype behind it were so high that yeah. it f- fell short and like you mentioned mage knight like that's was number one on my list of games of all time so like for whatever reason i had in my head that there was going to be a little bit more similarities to it i think for me I was more excited for Root because I do like Cthulhu Wars and Chaos and all the okay. world so much. I like those fighting games with the asymmetrical factions, and this has it, but it just it just didn't click for me. Yeah, and I I don't like those games as much as you do, so that's yeah. probably where the difference is for those. So, so what is your guys' most anticipated game of next year, twenty twenty, or this year when this releases? So I have two. I do as well that I put on here. Wow. I have one. I have one game, and then I have something else listed. <laughs> oh, all right. I I know where that second one is. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Okay. My most anticipated from 2020. I'm probably gonna say it wrong, but it's Ankh. Ankh. Who knows? I'm not really sure. I know. If you Ankh, know, is it a Egyptian? I know what this. Yeah. Anyways, that's an Egyptian. I'm gonna thing. go with. Yeah. Okay. Then. Ankh. Okay. That makes sense. So it's the. It's in the next. Uh, it's the next game in the line from Eric Lang from uh, Cool Men You're Not. It's along the lines of Blood Rage and Rising Sun. This is the Egyptian theme one. I don't know a ton about it, but um, did you back it or no? It's it. They it pushed it back. They, okay, gotcha. yeah, they pushed it back. I think it's 2020 spring or something. spring, something like that, quarter one. And I will look into it. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to back it or not. I want to see what. It looks like, or not what it well, looks it's like. Look, I know it's going to look great. Yeah, it's going to look good. But as yeah. far as like <laughs> gameplay and mechanics, I want to see that before I dive into it. And then the other one is my flyer game. That It's a game by Emerson Matsuchi, and that's the Metal Gear Solid game. Okay. So the reason I'm kind of interested, because I loved Specter Ops, 
and if this is another game with kind of some hidden movement involved, I, now it might not even have any, but I'm not sure. It's, but it's it's it's, it's got to have I, it's, hidden that's, movement. That's, that's what I was thinking. It's got to. Yeah. So that's what I'm definitely going to look into it when it comes out. Uh, and kind of it doesn't have hidden movement. It's Metal Gear Solid. It's going to be weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I haven't looked into it a ton. But it's something that I'm, I'm going to look into yeah. more in 2020. Yeah, Ankh is definitely one I would be interested in definitely playing and trying out. I'll mm-hmm. I'll probably look at it too when the Kickstarter's up yeah. and consider backing it as well. Mine is a game by Vital Acerta, and you know, liking Lisboa as much as I did made me interested in this one. It's a Kanban EV. Wow, that's yep. my. Game sure. as well. Wow. Yeah, Even though it's technically not a new game, I mean it's a n- new edition of it. Yeah, but I haven't looked into the the EV portion. But I, if EV wasn't coming out, I probably would have gotten that yeah, Kanban it. by now. Yeah. But with the new production of it, like I'm hoping, like you know the production value, I'm sure will be excellent. You know, yeah. Eno Tools doing the art, so it's going to be great there. So yeah. I'd, Really, really want to play some more Lacerda games, so probably going to be doing that at some point. It sounds like 2020 is going to be that year. I, I think so. Yep, maybe I'll teach you on Mars sometime. Yeah, we'll see. You've had it for how many days now? <laughs> Two, three? Well, if it's going to be like Caverna, you're going to have to wait a few years. <laughs> it better not be. Otherwise, I have to buy it myself and play it. So, yeah, Kanban EV was mine. My other one is copying me. a little bit of a flyer. Cause I don't know if one exists, and that is uh, <laughs> a medium-heavy Fister title if he has one. Because <laughs> uh, you know, love Great Western Trail, love Mombasa, really enjoy Blackout Hong Kong, and I love Mario Kaibo. So he's really four for four, <laughs> and three of his games I absolutely love. You just wanted to start the year by talking. I got to start it off more. right. <laughs> yep. The game you're anticipating the most is a game you just made up yourself that might not get made. <laughs> well, I, I, I was like, okay, but it's definitely Kanban EB, but I said, if that even does exist, that's going to be my most anticipated. But I don't know if one... It exists such, only in your imagination right such now, probably. Is coming out. He hasn't said anything yet. <laughs> well, I'll play that game, too. <laughs> I would, too. After Mary Kaibo, he's... Yeah, he's coming around. So I can forget that he designed Mombasa for a bit, but and Port yeah. Royal for you. And Port, yeah, that one's pretty bad too. Yeah, it's not as like, I like heavy. it, but yeah, yeah, that's a super light. Yeah, I gotta. He game. really raised his stock when I played Room Service, and then I really liked that. And then this one, it was like, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe Ryan's onto something. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking like I was just liked his medium to heavy game ones, but then yeah, because I. I, you know, Port Royal wasn't bad or anything, but I really like those others. But I was surprised how much I like Broom Service, especially with the like, yeah, little goofier yeah, thing, too. Sure on that one either. And uh, very pleasantly surprised with that. So yeah. let's talk a little more about it. <laughs> I, was, I was just going <laughs> to say, you guys that's... going on? <laughs> you started it, and then I. Yeah. Well, he's been knighted, so. I hate, I don't want to admit it, but he's he's living up there. Kind of earned it for you? <laughs> Well, like I said, uh, if I happen to like Mari Kaibo, I might after the the review of it, I might crown him Lord Fister. <laughs> if you like it, I wonder if you do. All right, so dual winners. It's the start of a new year, start of season two of Dual Win Games. 
So tune in. Hopefully we have some hot action going on that you guys are going to get into. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just lost a lot, of, a lot of listeners there. So email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to see for that action. <laughs> um, join our Board Game Geek Guild at boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471 if you want it to be made known publicly what you want that hot action to be. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you really want to get it out there. And that is at Dual Win Games. And, uh, well, we're going to see you guys in a couple weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. On episode 28, we review Mary Kaimbo, or we just give our final thoughts because we went over it quite a bit. <laughs> And then we go back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games, numbers 100 through 76. And remember, when you do a win, everyone wins. So if you stuck around, congratulations, you're truly a dual winner, or you just want to hear a bunch of our bloopers. But <laughs> Just here for the bloopers. <laughs> but yeah, here's to uh, another great year. It's been a blast. Podcast. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So let's keep it rolling. Yeah, hopefully we're we get better. Hopefully <laughs> number, season number two is way better. Well, it can't get worse. <laughs> yeah, that is. So. Yeah, that's the good thing. We can take a few years off, like Rick and Morty, and really improve our game. <laughs> you know, going back and listening to all these bloopers, I would say I think we've gotten better. So, but I was just listening to bloopers. Okay, so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Thank you and. <laughs> I was trying to think of something, but I thought you were going to give a good night, but it was just thank you and thank you. You guys have a good night. <laughs> Rookie here or what? I normally got it right in front of me. I got noob noob over here. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ready for my first review. Oh, I got things I got to do. Um, the app makes it really nice because it turns, you know, a, a little fiddliness with the setting up the trains. What's up, everybody? It's Aaron. <laughs> Confusing names aside, Empire's Age of Discovery. <laughs> Tim, what do you think? Me? What do I think? About <laughs> gameplay? <laughs> practice? What, what game? <laughs> talking about practice. That's what you guys told me. I know, but you really... What you turns you off to, to a, a game. game? I'll cut the pause out. <laughs> so, that was Crusader's Thy Will Be Done. Yep, that's right. Yep. I always will. question myself every time I say that. I know it's right, but I question <laughs> it. I'll stop. Ready? No, you're not. <laughs> and there's one horrible Hold one. On Fine, I'm going to open something. Oh, yeah? Give me something to open. I got to say, Tim, I agree with you on this one. You're right. We call it the Ryan Bonanza Questions. <laughs> I'm going to work on that name, too, because that does not sound good to no, me. No, it came off weird. So we can edit all that. <laughs> Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 18. Today on Table Talk, we have our first ever Ryan's Roundtable. We review Through the Angel. I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> you asked me to come up with a name. All right. It was that or Ryan Ganza, and that sounded weird. <laughs> Mr. Hits again. <laughs> You mean Sir Alexander Fister? Sir Fister hits again. Yep. So he's going to start okay. stockpiling <laughs> Alexander <King>. Fister games. <laughs> I got storage units. Different locations. <laughs> Just filled with them. <laughs>
Oh, what the hell? I didn't see you had that one in there. Yeah, if you use your eyes. <laughs> if you just use your eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It's, it's nothing special. I'll so, probably screw up the way I wanted it to come out anyway. So. I normally screw up mine, so <laughs> Michael fixes I'll it. I'll fix it for yeah. you. The hairless cat, though, that was gold. Yeah, that was... And the, you know... The Sagrada one. Yeah. Okay. A, a broken clock's twice. <laughs> <laughs> right twice a day. Yeah. I screwed that up. Too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of editing to do this episode. <laughs> I got a shoehorn fister into this list. <laughs> so, number 118. Um, actually, we're on 218. Oops. Wow. <laughs> number. Michael. This is Ryan. Howdy, folks. <laughs> Let's redo that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I looked at you, I could tell you were like, well, I didn't know if like you were going to go. And so I just kind of, I paused because I was waiting for you to throw <laughs> That's a zinger. why I just sat there like, okay, he's not saying anything. Uh, <laughs> it, it looked like you were like ready to I, say something. I That's why. I, okay. As you could tell by my response. That's all I got. I got nothing else for that. I'll probably just have cutting all that out. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you guys think about Escape from Dolce? What do you think about the components? Oh yeah, you gotta read that. What is Jeez. Whoa. Just, oh. That's wow. Good lord. This guy. Oh my god. I thought he was like just joking around. I thought he was joking until he looked up at us. I could see in his eyes. Be careful exploring the depths of bait. Be careful exploring the depths of Base Dolce. Yeah, do that again. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. Be careful exploring the depths of. Fucking the wrong word in there. That's what's throwing me off. <laughs> be careful exploring the depths of Base Dolce. You may, you never know what will be inside the next room. Did he get that right? Be careful exploring the depths of Base Dolce. You never know depths. what will be inside depths. the next room. Depths. <laughs> Keep saying depths. <laughs> What do you guys think about the theme of this boa? Usually do the little... Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love how he jumped it again. <laughs> it wasn't as bad. He at least let me well, read the you, review. That's true. You're, you're, it, was, it was like five seconds. Yeah, I was like, yeah. well, I guess I'll jump in and talk. <laughs> I always fluctuate with this game, kind of like you. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Number 175 through 150. And remember, when you do a win. One, oh, <laughs> I've only played this one. I played Hero Realms a lot more. The one thing I didn't like about this one was. Yeah, I this played. Hero yeah, yeah. So I played Hero Realms a lot more than this one. Star Realms? Oh, oh, so Speaking of Aaron, what's number 159? Is it me? It is you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you, 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 you go with that. Speaking of Today on Table Talk, we discuss what makes board games fun. We review Abomination, the Era Frankenstein, and Caverna, the Cave Farmer. And we get back to... <laughs> Farmers. <laughs> it's more than one farmer. <laughs> Today on Table... <laughs> It's going to be a long day, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 
2008. Oh, we're done talking about Fister? All right. I'm out, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Yep. <laughs> Had a good run there. I almost said, well, if we're done talking about fun, let's move on to our first review. <laughs> That's why I stopped and laughed. Makes me mad. Yeah, like, how did... You know what he's doing? All right.